Hey guys, what's good? It's Joe B, and you are listening to Paintball Passport, the uh, podcast dedicated to stories and all the experiences you can get. What's up? What is uh, good? Live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good afternoon. Good. Good morning. Good what? Good all of them. You know, I'm a man of the world, so they're all uh, they're all valid here. They're all valid. <laughs> but currently, yeah, tuning in from um, Borneo, the island of Borneo. It's the third largest island in the world, um, and it's it houses actually three uh, countries. So it houses. Um, well, within Borneo, the island is there is Malaysia, um, Indonesia, and uh, Brunei, which is one of the smallest countries in the world, I think, if not the smallest country in the world. And I'll be heading there on Sunday. That will be my last um, country in Southeastern Asia on the bucket list. So then, uh, you know, after Sunday, or sorry, Saturday, um, after that, I will have completed um southeastern asia from a country list standpoint of course there's a lot more things to see but uh that'll be the final the final country so i'm very excited for brunei um the there's a team there uh and, a, and a, actually a pretty big paintball community there uh, i'm going to be hosting a clinic there so um i don't know if this podcast will air before saturday sunday but if you're in brunei and you're listening uh we'll see you there um and if you're not you know we had a great time in brunei so um this actually should air before then uh cool kind of like scheduled release times you know this is a pretty casual podcast um i think i told you a little bit about it but you know it's uh honestly i just want to capture travel stories so it's gonna be kind of whenever i am able to do it hopefully one or two a week um cool. but yeah yours should go up this week so i got no reason not to so take out your phone and look uh look at look at borneo b-o-r-n-e-o um, and then zoom in and you'll see that the whole island, so it's a massive island and I'm on the top right portion of it is, uh, well, the top portion of it is Malaysia, the Malaysian side of it. And then on the right side, um, you know, close to the border of Indonesia, <clears throat> it's kind of the top right portion. Um, there is this little, little, um, city, little mm-hmm. town, fishing town called Semporna, S-E-S-A-M-P-O-R-N-A. Uh, and I'm, I'm there, I'm on this, uh, I'm overlooking the uh, the ocean here. Um, in my hotel, there's there's a whole bunch of islands. I've been scuba diving every day, almost every day. Um, Damn. So it's it's been it's been a great adventure. Yeah. Let's see. Wow. Get a little view here. I don't know if that'll work. Mm, a little bit clear. Oh, it just cleared up. Eh, yeah. It's well, it's the, the it's kind of the it's the boardwalk, and then you know, uh, ocean ocean view. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's there's uh there's some some really good dive sites here. I'm a um, certified rescue diver, as you know, Joe. Um, yeah. We we took a we went to that's a that's another story. But we had a, a, re- a diving is. adventure, a few diving adventures together. We'll uh, we'll have that one eventually. But uh, yeah, yeah. Did you learn about this island because of that diving adventure? Like, was this one of the suggested ones from uh, whatever that guy was the the Wayne. fifty year old instructor Wayne? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So so this location, I actually. 
I mean, I knew I wanted to dive here um, on my, I've got like a two month, um, basically from the beat, from after cup um, until our first dynasty practice um, at the end of January um, in San Diego. I've got, you know, like a two month window that, uh, you know, I've been, I've been traveling around um, and, and working from my computer, also doing some paintball um, clinics I've, I've had. This will be the third paintball clinic. Um, I played a tournament as well in Thailand. Um, so it's, it's just nomadic life for, for two months, Harrison, you know, typical Asia life. Um, Sweet. And, and this particular spot, I mean, Borneo is, you know, a very well-known, um, island. It's the third, like I said, third largest island in the world and it's really known for its nature. Um, so before this, how do we, how do we want to go? Do we want to start, um, on the cup or do we want to go backwards? I was going to tell you the, uh, what I was thinking here. So why I've been excited for this particular podcast because, uh, a lot of other people have been telling me stories of their favorite travel and they have to bring it back from memory. But what I, a big reason I want to start this paintball passport was to, uh, catch up with my friends like during or right after their travels when it's fresh and mm-hmm. you're the only one I can think of even doing it right now. You know, I'm not doing it. And none of the other like well-known travel guys are doing it. So um, this is kind of cool because rather than being so Q&A, just pretend like it's me calling you like we normally do. And that's been a big reason that I haven't really hit you up or wanted Mm -hmm. to like catch up this whole time because I was like, I got to get this fucking thing done. And then when we do catch up, we'll just catch up like it's me and you. Only I'll get to record the stories that we always get to share with each other. So it should be great. Yeah, it's a really cool format. Really cool format for a podcast. I congratulate you, Joe. When you first told me about this, I was like, uh, "That's dope. I want to be on it for sure." And probably multiple times because I got Mm -hmm. lots of stories, um, and I know you do too. And many of them are are us together, Um, like that time in in Australia (laughs) when you. (laughs) We'll talk about that one later. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, we. I mean, there's we have so many stories together, and, and you know. They're, mm-hmm. they're just crazy adventures and then solo trips as well. This one's a, a you know, you, you haven't joined me, but um, but here we are. Um, so yeah. I'm going to tell backwards. you exactly where. So uh, I get to live vicariously through you from okay. the last moment that we talked. And that was pretty much, uh, I remember it clear as day. We were both done with World Cup. Sweet. You and Dynasty won. Pretty fucking sweet. Four times in a row, if I recall. Pretty fucking sweet. Um, but then we get into the other part of our life that we enjoy a lot. You know, Dynasty, NXL, Infamous, all that is for competing and pushing ourselves. But when the offseason hits and we get to travel, then we get to we get to teach the sport and we get to like learn more about the world and see shit. And I remember I hit you up and I was like, hey, uh, this was one week before MXL finals. And I said, guess what? Turns out I'm going to Puerto Vallarta. Um, I wasn't planning to, but uh, Corey Hall was injured and TJ Bastards asked me, so you want to go there a few days early and we can link up in Sayulita? We've done that a few times before. It was going to be a good time. We kind of chatted about it a little bit. And then I want to say two or three days before, I hit you up and said, okay, I'm going to fly out uh, in like two days from now. I'll see you in Mexico. And you told me, uh, my team actually isn't coming, uh, you know, personal issues <laughs> right. with the owner or whatever, and I am going to Asia instead. And that was yeah, that. so, all right, I'll start from there. Um, 
so after World Cup, um, you know, I had, uh, I think it was like three weeks in between Cup and, and MXL. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I played a 10 man event um, with, with the OG Hurricanes, which is awesome because, you know, uh, I mean, I grew up watching those guys and now they're, uh, you know, they're calling me their ringer, you know, which is so cool. <clears throat> um, to, you know, to go out and play with them. So we won that event too. Um, we were really cool. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was really basically every December, um, and January, I kind of take time and, and travel, um, cause it's the, it's the off season, you know, it's Christmas. So it's, there's more excuse to kind of not be online. Um, you know, I, I do have another, I have, I run a business as well. Um, you know, apart from PayPal, I run a, a business in, in web three and blockchain. Um, so uh, we can get into that later, but, um, basically we host different, um, different merger and acquisition deals and secondary OTC deals and things like that. Um, but anyways, you know, so, so it's, there's time to be off, um, offline during, you know, Christmas. I, I'm the youngest of my family. Um, so there's no reason to be home for Christmas anymore. There's no magic, uh, you know, from, from little kids running around, which is starting to change because my brother actually just had a kid. Um, and it's, wonderful uh as it being an uncle is is uh i never thought i would feel this way you know for for a kid for a little blobbing you know blob but i'm like i just look at his pictures and i like it sinks my heart crazy i'll say Um, i know what you mean because josh has a kid now and you know like honestly i could say he's closer to me than my brother just because we've lived near each other or with each other like 10 plus years and uh, I've never been a guy who likes babies. Like that's a well-known thing. I'm not saying I hate babies, <laughs> but I don't like being around babies. They shit and baby scream. Out there. Yeah, I'm the baby punch. <laughs> not true. But oh god, I I hate babies on airplanes. But when I'm around Kai, I feel like I fucking love this little being. And uh, yeah. you know, like they call me his uncle. So I I feel what you're going through now because you're like this is super cool. Like. It's a very special thing when your own family starts to have the little ones and yeah, I don't know. That's sweet. Yeah. So, so anyways, uh, you know, it was probably a week and a half before um, MXL and uh, you know, I get in the group chat, the MXL group chat, like I always do. And I'm, I'm the captain there. So I'm like, all right, who, who put together the, it's, it's like a quiz, right? Okay. Who put together the, uh, the layouts, you know, who's, who's naming the layouts. And what I want them to do is to volunteer, send it to me, and then, you know, we'll adjust and go from there because I, that's how a team should work, right? Instead of mm-hmm. me just doing it. Um, and then they're like, oh, you didn't hear we're not going. I'm like, no, nobody told me. So, no, I didn't hear. <laughs> it's just like the communication is, is very funny with the Mexicans. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so I, you know, I confirmed it with our team owner, um, you know, Danny. I, so I played for the, the Rangers, um, Matamoros Rangers for – uh, like three, four years now. Um, and it, it's been amazing, amazing time. Um, you know, just, just this last event, we couldn't, um, they couldn't do it because, um, you know, some, some uh, financial troubles, but um, it's been, you know, I hope to continue to play for them and, and um, you know, continue to teach them and, and be a part of their team and they're amazing people. Yeah, they're a sweet team. Um, yeah, it's great. And we, we won a whole bunch of events. We won the series last year. Um, and, and yeah, so, um, so then I was like, you know, and I think you and I were talking at the same time, like making plans for Mexico and, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to Mexico. Cause I had plans to go from Mexico to Argentina afterwards. And I was going to actually spend this whole time that I, in December, January, um, in Argentina 
and then you know whatever else paraguay uruguay yep. brazil i, I was going to figure it out from there but i was going to start in argentina um my my girl her friend was getting her friend was getting married um, in argentina mm-hmm. i don't know them but it's you know excuse to go uh party in argentina with with locals yeah you know, local wedding sounds great right um you know, make a bunch of friends. Um, I remember you told me this plan, and that was the yeah. that was the other surprising part was when you said you weren't going to Mexico. I was like, and then you said Asia. I was like, oh, you just did a full one eighty. Uh, yeah, so it was a different part of the world <laughs> that you were going to explore yeah, this year. So, so I called my girl and I was like, hey, um, Lilia is my wife's my wife's name, and I said, uh, you know, uh, how how good is this friend? <laughs> you know to you and you know like do you really have to go to argentina and it was never really a have to it was a want to um so i said hey you know i i got invited also to go to asia this year um you know for so in december it was december 3rd which is my birthday um that weekend um there was a a, a tournament in asia as well what was that uh, in, Th- in, in thailand in pattaya which <clears throat> if you don't know anything about Asia and specifically Pattaya. Pattaya is the Las Vegas of Thailand. Um, For sure. Without the without the casinos. So, as in like everything goes, you know, it, whatever yeah. you want, you can get. Everything has a price. Yeah. Uh, you know, drugs, alcohol, women, whatever it is, it's the yeah. it is the this it's Sin City. Okay. It's Sin City on the beach, <laughs> and anything goes the there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a you know it's a great destination, um, and then paintball you know plus paintball a bunch of friends there, um, great. And so basically, I joined um, it's the Phil FAK uh, or FACK Filipino American Contact uh, Contract Killers. So um, it was basically me. Um, there's a there's a there's actually a pretty big um, Filipino um, paintball scene um, within the Philippines and then within the U.S. because there's a lot of um, people that live in the U.S. that are Filipino roots, and Ronnie is actually Filipino roots. Yeah. Um, T.J. Augustine is, or sorry, J.P. Augustine is, is one as well. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're kind of in this circle. Um, it's really cool. And if you are Filipino, um, you should check it out. I think they have Facebook group. You know, a really supportive group. Mm-hmm. And cool people. Um, yeah. And they, Shout they, out they, to the Filipino guys because yeah. they they came to NXL this year, and I've seen them at even a random ICPL ten man. The yeah, they, they love throwing teams in and, and you know, just going and having a great time. And, yeah, um, you know, it was really great. So sh- shout out to Ferdy, um, um, who, uh, you know, invited me out and, and um, you know, helped me get here and everything and, um, you know, put the team together as well. Um, and and it was also cool. So I, um, you know, I looked at our roster. Uh, There's a, there a lot of guys I didn't know, um, which you know, now I'm really good friends with. We're still in a group chat. And we're still we're still mm-hmm. talking. Uh, you know, talking funny things. Um, because um, you see sometimes, you know, the group chat fizzles out, but this one it's mm-hmm. still going. Um, well, especially so, one together, right? So, not to spoiler alert, but it kind right. of keeps so, that vibe so up. Yeah, make yeah, sure it, it, closer. And it was really cool. So, it's two of the Colorado Blitz guys were on the team as well, and CJ Shambler, um, who you know used to play pro with Boom. Yeah. He plays and I was like, Phoenix Rising too. He's a baller. Yeah, he's a really great player, and you know he's um, got a lot of experience. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I saw him on the roster. I was like, oh, this is this is gonna be great. Uh, and then also Caesar, I had just met him as well. He, he played on. Um, he plays semi pro as well for um, 
Colorado Blitz. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like, you know, you go to these Asian events, you, you know, you got like three solid, solid dudes, me, myself and him. And then we had two like dudes that just totally stepped up and, and we had like a really good line. And then we had a, a whole bunch of other guys that, that we moved in and filtered in. And um, actually a MVP was um, uh, Murdoch, this guy. I'd never met him before. Uh, I'd never heard him before. And he, he crushed it in the snake and got MVP. And it was like that hands down, like he, he crushed it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was really cool. cool. And then I don't know if you know, do you know Waldo? Um, he's, he's from, he's from, um, I guess it's, he runs the, um, what's it called? Tri-State Expo League. T-S, T, Tri-State. I know the league you're talking about. Yeah. Cause it came about after I moved away, but I, I feel like I've met him once, but I don't, I can't say I know him. Yeah, so he so he um, he actually has been fighting cancer for for the past few years, and this has been like the first um, the first time he's been strong enough to to actually like go on a on international trip. Um, so it was like it was just one of the you know the coolest things to um, to have him around, and like he was just a, a beacon of of like you know light and like mm-hmm. I mean this is a dude that's he told me he you know. He told me some stories, right? And and um, just you know having the second chance of life, and and like you know I've been to Asia before. I've, I've I've done I've done a lot of it. I've won in Asia. I've won in lots of different countries. And for me, it's it's still amazing. It's still so cool. But you know to see these guys' face and like to you know especially especially Waldo, where you know he wasn't sure he was going to be alive, you know, right now, um, and just to see him like. He like he, he cried a little bit, uh, you know, when we won, yeah. and that like for me, I, I know it was so amazing, such a crazy, you know, feeling of having no uh, no like personal ego or no personal happiness, but all outward facing happiness for these mm-hmm. guys that that had won that I you know really bonded with over the past week, um, you know, and when you're stranded in an Asian country, and yeah, we just had so many good times, and and uh, it was a really positive experience um, for me personally, and and I hope for them as well. And like I said, you know, we're we're still all homies, still all homies in the uh, in the group chat. So yeah, so yeah, couldn't have been better. That uh, man, that's such a great win, and I I know where you're coming from because like once you've won enough of these like random you know tournaments abroad where it it's not pro ball, like we've played against the very best, so you win those, and there is like a it feels good, of course, to get the win and you know take the medal home, but. Uh, it, it's not as fulfilling as like, you know, winning in NXL or even like going far in NXL. So when you see somebody else get their first win or like literally complete a life bucket list thing, that yeah. is like, man, it makes you so fucking happy. And yeah, yeah happiness for others really is uh, it's becoming quite like a, uh, I guess, a central pillar of life at our ages, I guess, right? We're in our 30s and you start to live more for the dudes around you and uh yeah it's it, that one's particularly cool i guess like yeah well said yeah 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 it's 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 it's, it's almost better I, I mean i think it's almost a better feeling than you know even when it was my first win myself right um just to be able to like you know share like you know have that experience and, and help contribute to it to mm-hmm. you know to these other people around you and uh, you know, I, I played great, but you know, so did everybody else, and and it was totally team ball. It was like, it it was it was very semi pro style. Like we just, 
crossed it up and like, you know, communicated really well and, and won. And, uh, and we got Waldo in there a bunch of points. He, he played really good. He shot, he was shooting guys off the break more than CJ was. Um, so Impressive. CJ, CJ, you, you got a spot in your, uh, might, might be losing a spot here. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we got him in the last point too. And, Crushed it, so it I'm going to get really the Faldo cool. guy on soon because I'm getting on. I'm mostly pros. Yeah, actually, I'm you get on people that no, have interesting stories while traveling for paintball, and this yeah. is a really cool one because he'd be telling it from a whole other light of like, dude, I have a second chance at life, and I'm now doing these things that I wanted. Right? Uh, yeah, I'd love to have that dude on. So I'll have to ask you to connect me with him later. But, yeah, I will. Um, you know, and, he, I, I want, and he actually did a little bit of travel, extra travel after. I know he went to Abu Dhabi for like a layover, like a long layover. So sweet. I think he's got some cool stories as well. That's yeah, tight. it was cool. Well, um, you know, I want to I want to slow you down and have you talk about things because I mean I wasn't there, but also like you know I feel like me and you are good storytellers. We're good at like painting the picture, you know, really articulating like how the whole event was when we're there, and so like. I guess first give me give me a picture of where the the event was. Like tell me about the venue for this particular Thai event. Sure. So um, so you fly into Bangkok, right? Which is one of the biggest cities in, in Southeast Asia and it's a really cool city. <clears throat> and then you, you know, and usually you get in at like midnight or something crazy. But for you it's if you're coming from the States, it's actually just noon, right? Because it's it's literally from the East Coast, it's twelve hours opposite. Um, so you're like, you're wired cause it's noon. You just got off a flight. You know, you try to do the sleep thing on the flight, you know, do the math. Like, okay, if I stay awake all night and then you try and do it the best you can, but it, it's, it's never perfect. Right. It never works. Cons- consume caffeine. I actually got pretty good at it. Um, you know, you, you, you consume caffeine at the right times and anyways, uh, and I'm, I'm never a caffeine drinker, so it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you arrive at midnight, you, uh, you grab, you download grab, which is like their version of Uber. Uh, you take like a $20 grab, like two hours to Pattaya. Um, and, uh, well, this is, this is what I did. Yeah. So I took a two hour, I was a little, my flight got delayed. So I, I was late. They, they hung out in Bangkok for a day or two and then went down to the team and, and I came in late. So I got to the hotel at like, you know, two or 3 AM. Uh, and they're all like trying to sleep, but they're, because it's 12 hours, they're up again at like 6 AM, right? 5 AM. Cause it's 5 PM for them. So um, so I try and get as much sleep as I can, you know, wake up like, all right, I, I, you do your best to, to do a full swap. Um, and, and, you know, sleep, sometimes you don't feel that great, but then you, you know, you chug a coffee and you, and you get through it. Um, yeah. and, um, so yeah, we had a day, um, where we went and walked with that same day, um, you know, woke up at like noon, went and walked the fields. Um, and I think we actually played that. Yeah, we, I got there the day before pretty sketchy, but got there, um, <laughs> got there, you know, woke up at like, fortunately we had late games. Um, so roll up to the, to the park at like noon on the paintball field and it's beautiful. So this, this, um, this investor down there, this guy, um, that loves paintball, um, he invested in a property just outside the Taya. Um, you know, so it's not right on the strip or anything mm-hmm. and it's, um, he made it for paintball. So it's like really flat concrete slabs, um, really nice facility. You, you, 
so I can describe it. So you, you go up and there's actually a, a life-size Megatron um, like statue there, like like real sure. life, or is it Bumblebee? One, whatever, Megatron, Bumblebee, one of those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, like right there at the front of the paintball park and then you walk in that the field's on your right, there's a there's like a little scenario field on your left that we were pitting in as well. Uh, and it's, you know, really nice, like, if you could design the perfect paintball park, this, this, this would, a lot of this layout would be how you would do it. Nice. Um, you know, had, had nice pits. Um, they had a, a really nice webcast and, and a commentator's booth, <clears throat> um, you know, really flat, slick, um, slick turf. It got a little slick. We had to, we had to put socks on over our cleats cause it was extra slippery. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, especially in Asia, you know, like there's just, there's just stuff you can't control. Like, uh, you know, the paint was really bouncy. Um, mm -hmm. that, you know, sometimes the area doesn't fill up all the way, you know, <laughs> these things that, these things that you, you know, you deal with when you're going and playing in, in these crazy countries. Uh, this one was, was very actually well controlled particularly, but you know, we were putting our paint in ice, ice boxes, which I think was a big help. Oh yeah. You did it right. Was it super hot and humid? Like what's the temperature like right now? Yeah, so it actually wasn't that bad this time. Um, okay. But I know you know Asia, and, like, there's times in Asia where as soon as yeah. you walk out of the hotel, like, out of AC, you're just – your whole clothes – like, you have, like, nice fresh shirt on. It's just wet and drenched sweat. Stuck to you. And, like, totally, totally uh, – totally, yeah, like, you know, you do shorts and, and flip-flops a lot and, like, mm -hmm. a shirt. Um so yeah, the venue was nice. Uh, also, you know, Mark Johnson put in a team as well, um, or I guess he joined um, um, a team. Uh, it was a WCCPL team um, regime. I with saw DJ that. And, yeah, with, with uh, DJ and um, Podesta, probably. Ryan Podesta was there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch of guys that I met. So, so you know, it was really cool too because you know. Um, like on Sunday night, we all went out together, our team and their team, because it was like two American teams basically, um, or a lot of American roots, and, and we had some other um, some other local teams that were with us hanging out. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, we all went out and partied on the on the strip and everything. It was really cool. Um, but so so here's actually a great moment. You know, I walked up to the um, into the field the first day, um, and I haven't been to Asia since before COVID, 2019. Um, yeah, same. When I when I played an event, actually, we you and I, oh no, you weren't. That was the year before. Yeah, the um, year before. Yeah. Um, so I haven't been to the, you know to Asia for four years, and and I have some really really good friends here, like really local you know good friends. I've played on several different teams here from Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand. Um, you know, so local local guys, Indonesia. I've been you know, um, so you know like just shout out to the whole Asian paintball community. Like there's, they're so warm and welcoming and just yeah. pure people. And they just want to have fun. And like, they're always smiling and joking and happy. And like, you know, and, and they're, some of them are really good players too. Um, yeah. So just, just walking in that first time, you know, there's all these people I haven't seen in four or five years. And, you know, maybe we talked a few times on, on online or, you know, on DM or something. And, just so many hugs and like I just couldn't stop smiling. Oh, I haven't seen you for so long. Like so many hugs and, and everyone just so happy to see me and I'm happy to see them. And mm -hmm. it was really cool. It was like coming to, 
you know, like your high school reunion or something. Well, that's actually terrible. More yeah. like your homecoming. Like, you, like if you were coming home from working abroad or something right. like that. Because I know I know that feeling you're talking about. It's like even if you don't have time to talk to everyone, there's just that embrace from them all. And like you almost in that moment wish you talked to them more online or like WhatsApp called yeah. them over. And we never do because there's just too many people in everyone's lives. But you yeah. get there and it's like, there's just that love for each other of like, I fucking remember those times years ago. And yeah, yeah, like every hug feels more meaningful. Like it's, it's sweet. Yeah. And just telling stories of like, remember that time we were in downtown Bangkok and this and that. And just like all these, you know, all these stories. I've, you know, yeah. we, we've both traveled over here, you know, multiple times and it's just, uh, it's great. So it um, traps you in the moment. There's never a need to like, you know, be on Instagram or like, yeah. call somebody who's not there right there with you like you're just very it keeps you super present because it's like i don't know it's it's always the most alive i've ever been traveling but specifically in asia because the energy of the people and like the beautiful tropical environment you're just the whole time you're just cloud fucking nine like i yeah. can't believe we're fucking doing this you know like you're in paradise yeah southeastern asia is is my favorite region in the world to travel like by far mm -hmm. it's just everything's so like everything is so different here like i mean i'm looking out at this island and it just uh, there's no island that looks like that in america <laughs> like no, nothing it's just the, the shape of everything and it's not bad it's not better it's just different and like you know you discover so many new things and and you know it's the the i scuba dive here a lot and like the the shape of the things here and like the mm -hmm. the crustaceans here like they, they have this weird lobster thing it just you know, it, it's so cool um, and just different. Um, yeah. Well, now you're you're pretty used to it by now. It's different and still gorgeous, but you're, you're, you're used to it. But do you remember that first time or two? Yeah. Like that, can you explain that culture shock or like those things that were like, holy fucking shit, this is so backwards or surprising or like alien looking? Do you remember those? So... My first time I ever came to Asia, I actually went to Dubai first for a tournament. And then I had like a week or two in between. I went to, I stopped over in India. I like just, India is a whole nother like, like story. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I just, everything's different, right? Like even the, the crows are different. Like, the yeah, crows are different. it's just like, it's just the common crow, right? They have like a different red spot in it. Like they're, mm. they're just so, um, so I remember getting sick too for the first time in Bangkok, this, this, that same trip. And, um, just like shitting my brains out and typhoid and, fever. Yeah. yeah. So, so many times in Asia. Yeah. Knock on wood. Um, but like, uh, why oh, ask this? Cause like you could even say it now, like by now, not that you take the trip for granted, but like, your mind takes it for granted. You know what I mean? Like it's now like, Oh, yep. That's going to happen here. But if you could explain, if you can look outside around you or what you've done and remember those things that everybody else listening to this, who hasn't been to Asia would be like, wait, what? Like that, that's something that I forget about too, where I'm like, I always act like everybody knows this or, or can picture this, but you know what I mean? Like try to paint that out for us. Cause there's a lot there that, you know, it's it's wild and it's it's just no longer wild once you're there 
your second, third, fourth time. It's wild, but you know it. You know what I mean? It's I mean, give me game. a give me a specific topic because. Like... Oh man, um, you know what? I'll I'll go with the the weird one first because I said this podcast was going to give the good and the bad. It's not just going to make place look like picture perfect paradise. Tell me about the bathroom experience. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, people have to know this shit. That takes getting used to for sure. So if you're at like mm. a like a like a like a gringo hotel, like a normal hotel, it's the same, right? Yeah. Toilet paper, regular toilet, all good. Everything's um, the same. But you know when you're when you're like deep and you know that you're at, you're at like a local spot, um, like for example, on my way here, I, I took the local bus. I was the only gringo on the on the bus, and mm. um, you know we stopped at like kind of rest stops, right, in like different restaurants, and um, you know you go to the bathroom, and it's not. It's not like a toilet, um, like, you know, like hip height toilet right? or like whatever, thigh height toilet. It's a flush to the ground porcelain circle, right? And you, you know, you, you hover on, on either side and you squat. You do the, the Slavic squat, which is actually the proper way mm -hmm. to go number two. Um, you know, doing the squat over it's 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 much it's much better for you. Yeah, um, straightens out the bowels, makes it yeah. go faster and smoother. Right. It, it, it's, I don't know how we got away from it, but we did, um, like as mm -hmm. a Western society. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you, you reach for the toilet paper and there just isn't any. There's um, none. <laughs> there's, there's either, if you're lucky, there's a butt gun, okay, which is, it's just like a, like a, um, like the sink at your house. You know, how you have that, um, the hose with the, with the spray thing, mm -hmm. you know, on your kitchen sink. Uh, this is the spray thing. So there's one of those if you're lucky. And if you're not lucky, there's just a bucket of water with like a ladle. Yeah. You just have to like <laughs> splash up there, you know? Yep, the ladle. Um, and, and then if you're really unlucky, you go out and there is just a sink. If, if you're less lucky, there's a sink with soap. If you're even less lucky, then there's a sink with no soap. And if you're even the worst lucky, then it's just a bucket. <laughs> so you're washing your hands in a bucket with no soap, and you just use the ladle with a bucket to, you know, to wash yourself. Oh and, my God. and if you're even the worst of luck, then you're shitting your brains out because you have uh, Montezuma's revenge, or yeah. you know, whatever else. So I've been in all those situations, and uh, somehow haven't learned to bring. Uh, wet naps with me, wet napkins with me. I probably should have that. That should be like on my list. Yeah. To bring, but I just never did. So that's why hey, uh, traveling with a girl helps in that mm -hmm. regard because they always have sanit hand sanitizer. They're prepared. And, and so, like, you know, sunscreen. I got gringo yesterday. My back is super red. So wait, hold, hold that because we're coming back to that in a second. But I, you know, this is me and you catching up right now. Like this is like our phone call. So I, I wanted to tell you about the MXL's bathroom situation in Puerto Vallarta. It was kind of like uh, Arturo's field where it did have like a little bathroom house, like a little, you know, concrete house with toilets in it. But mm -hmm. it was not as good as Arturo's field. There was, it was the classic situation where you walk in, there's stalls where there's no handles on the stalls because people steal them off. And then there's toilets and there's never a toilet seat. There's never a fucking lid because if they get them, people just steal them because it's near a soccer park or a park where people hang out or whatever. And there's not even toilet paper holder, but there's a little old lady out front selling toilet paper for like, yeah. you know, five pesos or whatever. 
I was smart enough this time. Like what you just said, I brought hand sanitizer, wet wipes, and I would bring my own full toilet paper roll from the hotel. I would just keep it in my gear bag. Nice. And I'd, I'd occasionally let some of my teammates use it. And yet, nobody really did. But every morning, coffee, I'd get there. I'd be like, oh, my God, I got to use the fucking bathroom, right? And the worst part, this is the this is a weird take to Mexico, South America thing is, and you know this, you you can't flush there. Like if you flush, there's even signs that. it will clog the toilet because they're they're piping the toilet paper, like, right? Yeah, the, you have to the put toilet the toilet paper. paper. Will, so there's, there's always, always a-, a goddamn garbage can right next to each toilet, who just open air garbage can filled with poop poop paper. <laughs> It just stinks yeah. like shit in there, and it's it's horrific. The whole time you're sitting there, you're just, oh, my God, dude. And it's the worst thing ever. And then there's a bucket to flush the toilet, but you can't put the water in there. It'll overflow. I've seen that happen. Like, you walk in and bathrooms are like, God damn it, somebody clogged it with paper. And uh, sometimes you see people leave, and you're like, wait, I didn't see that person buy toilet paper. So, like, <laughs> people are just running around with mud butt all day. It is <laughs> horrific, dude. It's Something's got to be done. <laughs> so two points. Um, I actually have come to appreciate when you have to pay to use the bathroom because it's always like, you know, when you're in, when you're in like other countries, it's a good thing. You want mm. to pay 50 cents to go use the bathroom. And now in the sure. U.S. it's like, it's crazy, right? Like, I'm not going to pay to use the bathroom. I want to do that because that means there's someone working there and it's their business and it's relatively clean, right? And it's, mm-hmm. they care about it. Because otherwise, it's just a fucking hole in the ground, right? Like, go at it. So paying 50 cents to go use the bathroom is a blessing Agreed. In, in some of these places. And then number two is when there is that bucket. So, yeah, you, you usually you don't you can't um, flush the toilet paper, right? You got to put it in the trash can. I don't understand. So there's there's two types of trash cans, right? There's basically a trash can without a lid. And then there's a trash can with the lid that, you know, it's got both sides and it swings on either side. Well, how am I supposed to take yeah. this and put push it into the trash can lid? Like it is just I'm gonna get poop on it. <laughs> There's no way. So I'm like, I just may just go no lid. Like no lid trash can is better, I think, than yeah. no lid trash can. It's in, gross. That, in that case. Unless it was a foot pedal one, which is the best solution of both. But that would be that's not the case usually, right? Usually you rarely see that. Yeah, usually it's like the triangle with two sides and it can go either way. And I've never actually get it in. I get it like halfway in, and <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to. Yeah. So, anyways, I agree. Uh, next up, <laughs> not a lot of good sanitation in in a lot of other parts. And although I feel like I like a lot of those areas more than the U.S. as far as like uh, just the vibe and like your day to day life, there are some things that you know we take for granted. I'm like, oh my god, I am excited to get home where I have like a toilet that fully flushes and a bidet on it. And, uh, you know, a sink right next to it with soap on it uh, before I then go back out into the restaurant and eat food or whatever it is. So, yeah. I uh, actually have. So, I, like, I've been traveling Asia long enough that I, I know, like, all the um, kind of the, the, the country's, like, um, local medicines to help when you have, you know, diarrhea and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I, like, I always stock up um, when I'm here. So, I, like. I've got this one from Malaysia. That's this is the best one, um, and I and there's a few other. Um, this is the one. Tech Chimpuran or whatever. 
Um, uh. This is like if you have a hurt stomach, and it happened actually because I was I was in KL, Kuala Lumpur, the capital mm -hmm. of Malaysia, and and I like you know ate something and just it wasn't diarrhea; it was just like a knife in my stomach. Like, oh, that's not good. And I was with my um, Eddie um, Eddie Ioff, um from my Malaysian team, um, and his girl. And his girl was like, "I got you." Boom! She ran to the store, bought this for like fifty cents. Put in hot water, I drank it, fixed, like instantly. Wow. Like this stuff is is great. Um, I've got there's a bunch of stuff from Thailand that's really good that I always um, you know buy. These sniffers are awesome. Uh, I know you know these. Oh they, yeah. They're like menthol mm -hmm. um, sniffers. They just like wake you up. Uh, yeah. It's got it's got like menthol eucalyptus oil. Wakes you, clears the sinuses. Yeah, I love those. And then there's this particular um cough drop thing that's from um thailand as well that is like i was sick one time and i had randomly bought this at 7-eleven in thailand and then i got home um you know and i was like you know that sick where it's like you're just phlegm all the time it was one of those mm -hmm. and i and i like had this in my bag and took this and it like all the phlegm came out and now i'm a full believer this is the one I think it's made of centipedes or something, but damn, this is the one. We gotta find that but, and have that. Like maybe that's yeah. maybe there's some company that ships it to the U.S. So that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's just a bunch of you know like little remedies that, that come out in Asia. Yeah, um, and you kind of learn them all. This but, is uh, uh, yeah. This is why I'm particularly know. happy I had you on because I'm gonna have like typically segments almost. Um, they're kind of in my head. Uh, but it's like one of them is like, what are things you have to get for the area? You know, what are some must buy things? And I already knew that just by going through the stories, you'd be pulling out shit like this. And there's <laughs> such good travel tips. Like this is advice for anybody who ends up in these areas. Like make sure you buy the thing, whether it's the little like Pepto-Bismo type bottle or the whatever it is you have to because your stomach bacteria is not. Uh, adjusted to that area and you are yeah. going to eat something that just makes you kind of sick or gives you like stomach poisoning one of your days. It's going to happen. So, <clears throat> Yeah, and when you're in Thailand, <clears throat> they have those little yogurt things, the Yakut, Yakut yogurt drinks. Drink one yep. of those. Also, they have them in Mexico. Um, it's just a little probiotic thing. Just drink one of those every day or take mm -hmm. a good probiotic pill. I have one from First Form. Shout out. Um, and also, I always take um, activated charcoal tablets. So if I ever ate something that was like a little sketchy, just pop two of those in my mouth and in my stomach. It, it you know pulls any like the crappy oils, like any mm. kind of bacteria can help pull that and, and clear you there. And Smart. They, it's, it's charcoal. There's no you can take a hundred of them. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, just passes to you. So yeah, maybe next topic, or do you want to continue on the uh, the story? I was going to. Uh bring you back to where I said I was going to. Yeah. So you mentioned that you got gringoed. Um, this has already been a topic on the show. Uh, I had it with Tim. <laughs> I had it with little Ben. I'm not sure if his episode is going to come out before or after yours because it's just sitting in my studio waiting to finish. But uh, it, it's something that I'm going to bring up every single time because it happens to all of us. So first of all, explain for anybody who missed the other episodes Tell me again, Harrison, what does it mean to get gringoed? 
Well, if you look it up in the dictionary, there's a picture of Joey B. Um, <laughs> getting, uh, getting like scammed somehow in Mexico on the beach with his sunglasses that he bought, you know, and like, just <laughs> it basically just means, you know, getting like tourist trapped, right? Tourist trapped, um, yeah. You know, I used to be bad. It's yeah. like, you know, you get double charged for food or, you know, the taxi screws you or, you know, you buy some dumb thing that breaks the next day or. Or you um, or you take the uh, the guided tour through the hotel for the free buffet, but it ends in a two hour timeshare <laughs> meeting. And it's in the middle of a beach day. <laughs> Joey V got me going good. That was a funny day. Yeah, um, that was my fault. So yesterday, my gringo stories, I, I went diving, um, really amazing diving here. I saw a lot of macro uh, micros, which are these nudie branches, um, sea slugs. Saw really, saw like four different huge green turtles, like really Sweet. big ones. Um, was just hanging out with one for a while. Um, big school of like these small fish, I don't know what they were. Um, uh, if you look this one up, um, orangutan crab. It's an orangutan crab. If you look at it, it looks like an orangutan, but it's a crab. Really cool. Um, those are and those were the first ones that I saw. Um, like saw them for the first time. Every time I go scuba diving, almost there's something new for me, which is one of the amazing things about scuba diving. Shit, this thing is and I'm, beautiful. You know, I have a I have a rescue diver certificate. Yeah, that's that's the orangutan. I don't crab. have a Jamie yet, so I'm not able to uh, you know just pull up pictures at the same time, but. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do for the first few episodes, and that thing is fucking sweet. Yeah, so orangutan crab, they hang out on bubble coral, so it's it's also cool. It's these big bubble things of coral mm -hmm. in the water. And then if you look, there's, sometimes there's an orangutan crab there. Um, so, yeah, we went down like, you know, 100, maybe like 90, 90 feet, saw some, saw some cool stuff. Um, so, I, um, like I said, I'm, I'm certified um, rescue diver. Um, I'm thinking about actually now going for my um, my dive master maybe next time. I think uh, there might Maybe be a utility, well. there might be a utility trip for us in the future, Joe. I'm down. Um, I need to get my next one, so for sure. Rescue dive would be your next one, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, so, and just in between, I I had my shirt off and my back is super red. Like didn't put didn't put my brute sunscreen on. Oh, so yeah. stupid of me. Usually, I usually. I got it right here. Uh, I forgot it with me at the hotel, actually. Forgot the brute. So I didn't have any sunscreen on, and my back is like pretty bad. Oh my God. But, uh, so, got green good. Um, but yeah, should I continue the story here? On uh, Is that the gringo? The uh... No, just on like the, so the Pattaya event, right? Yeah, give me one second. We're, uh, we're doing this live, people, and my computer shows low battery already, so I need to plug in real quick. All right. And then I, I need to continue. test to see I'll if... I'll continue uh, the story. You stop Yes. Talking. All right. So um, was in Thailand, you know, played the event. We actually we hung out for a few days as a whole team afterwards. Played, um, um, you know, just went back to Bangkok. We had a bunch of different adventures. Um we actually went to a Muay Thai fight, a local Muay Thai fight. It was really cool. We were the only, only gringos there. You know, went out a bunch of nights, um, you know, drinking beer and stuff. So, uh, the you know the Fili Filipino American paintball team was really cool. 
really cool uh, experience. And hopefully we're gonna do it again next year. Um, so from there, let's see. It, it was also Sunday when we won the event. Um, it was my birthday. So that was a, a really cool like extra extra piece to the story. Um, so from there, basically, so my wife, Lilia, um, she was coming in like the next Saturday, I think. So I stayed, we stayed most of the week, um, hung out in Bangkok in the city. Um, and the, uh, this local guy, um, Lynn, so he, um, he asked me to, to come out and, and train his team. So we, we trained his team for two different days. Also hung out with him a whole lot. He's become actually a good friend of mine now. Um, I'm going to go see him after this, um, after Borneo, I believe. <clears throat> um, and let's see. So then uh, Lilia came and we then flew from, from Bangkok the next day. We flew. Well, actually, we went on a yacht. <laughs> we went on a yacht for the, for the day. Um, can I hear you now? Nope, can I hear you, Joe? It's okay. Hopefully they can hear me. Can hear me. All right. Um, so then we went. Uh, we went back to Pattaya. Um, you know, did a did a yacht day, which was really cool. Um, I got a got a really cool car. Drove it around Thailand. Yes, I can hear you now. Oh no, cannot. Nope. It's okay. It's probably better this way, Joe. Can you hear me now? Yeah, now I can hear. You. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, in order, uh, so I have this shitty MacBook Pro that's good for work stuff, you know, like emailing and Excel, but uh, I hate all Mac and Apple stuff because I cannot plug my charge cord into this and my external cord for my $100 microphone. So it's one or the other, and this MacBook dies in about two hours flat and it's off a charger. So, uh, yeah. Well, you got to get Apple. an electric center. I agree. And I'm, I'm I, not, not Apple guy, but. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so, sorry, so then we flew to we flew to Laos, um, which is uh, was previously um, the second to last country on my on my list of Southeast Asian countries to go yes. visit. Um, so you know, and actually in my head it was the last because I forgot about Brunei. Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> um, so went went there. Um, and, and had like 10 days in Laos. Um, we traveled around Luang Prabang, um, which is a very historical city. Um, we had we had a like a two day excursion with um, at, at this elephant um, rescue, and it was like probably the highlight of the trip. Um, you know, every morning, every morning the mahouts mahout is like the elephant caretaker um, gets them from the forest, brings them across the Mekong River, and like walks them. And they're elephants, right? So they just walk across the river. Yeah. And then, like, in the middle of the river, they can swim also. Um, elephants can swim, actually. And they put their – they're really – it's really funny. Look it up. They can they can put their um, their trunk above the water and swim under the water. That's how they swim. Sweet. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, they wash them in the river and then continue the trip and, and bring them up to the to – the, um, kind of like the – the resort area that it wasn't a resort it was a, a ref we just had a, a room at um at the rescue um Sweet. and just basically spent two days hanging out with the elephants and like 
they were they're super happy creatures they're super like um you know you can look in their eyes and and like you can just feel their emotions um they're they're really really cool animals um and and you know they've there's a lot of you know bad things that that humanity's done to them um and you know yeah. like they're and their um you know in their environment i mean they obviously are massive creatures so they need a lot of land so you know humans have been encroaching on that they eat like two to four hundred kilograms of food a day it's like insane um jeez well i'm guessing was, this, this place this isn't like one of those places where they're in like a little fucking tiny right. area and you ride them all day and they're being like, yeah, basically there's no so elephant riding. Is, yeah. These people actually really love these, these elephants and they're more, right. it's like a more uh, nature reserve style of doing it. Yeah. So, so when you, so just so you know, like um, elephant riding basically is a big no, no. in like the, you know, pro elephant um, light, uh, you know, whatever um but it, if if a place offers elephant riding you basically just don't go there because yeah. it means that they're that they're exploiting them and they're and they're using yeah. them for for money rather than, than you know rescuing um and now the mahouts the you know their caretaker they ride them right they they're allowed to go on them but it's they just go bareback you know yeah. they just jump on them and 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 control them and and all these elephants are rescued from the logging industry um mm -hmm. so they were using the logging industry to um to collect logs and stuff and um it's you know, it's a, it's kind of a, a fucked up um, industry and, and how they treat them and stuff. And they inject them with hormones and stuff. So they, they chill out and they're easier to, to uh, like, you know, to move around and stuff. That is um, But it's, it's, it's really fascinating. And they actually understand left, right, up, down, sit, stay like, like a dog does. And, and well, dogs actually don't really understand left and right. And most dogs don't, they, they're, they're really well trained. Yeah. Um, and it was it was just a, a really amazing experience there's i have some pictures of it on my instagram if you go and you look at it um it's really cool so check that out please um that is sweet and you got yeah, to was, at this place hack. like that was also where you yeah, stayed it was the hack oh we hacked it it was totally a hack yeah because because you're supposed Explain. like it was like a i just like so i always rent a moto right everywhere i go i rent a moto so we were, we were motoring around uh, and it's like it's like six dollars a day to rent a moto like a, a moto scooter like 150 125 or 115 cc moto and we there's all these waterfalls around the Lang Prabang, and like these waterfalls are are unbelievable like they just it's like these cascading like pools of water they're they're like turquoise blue um one of them we we did this extra hike to the top and we're the only people there me and my wife and there's these cascading pools of waterfall super beautiful there's like monkeys over there and and i'm like and then there's a vine down into this pool and i'm just hanging on this vine in this waterfall pool <laughs> like perfect there's butterflies the sun it was like paradise you not could not think of a better way i have a picture of it actually on my instagram as well if you look at that um yeah that that was just um, amazing and then there's, Sounds there's like some other... fern gully shit <laughs> you know yeah it's like a, a magical forest type situation it, it really was and, and just you know the different the, the different nature over here is i mean everywhere right nature is beautiful everywhere it's, it's just mm -hmm. extra fascinating um for me because i 
I don't know it. You know, it's not native to me, right? It's mm -hmm. when I walk in the forest at home, I know most of the names of the trees, right? And I know most of the, of the things and the plants, what you can eat, what you can't eat. Here, it's just like, <laughs> don't eat anything. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I'm starting to learn starting to learn a few more things, but um, yeah. And there's certain mushrooms that I could actually identify over here too. Um, Cause a lot of them are, are um, uh, you know, across the whole world, like Rishi, for example. I found some Rishi uh, a few days ago. Um, but anyway, so we stayed in Luang Prabang. Um, there's these amazing waterfalls, um, just just incredible. Um, and and also, you know, in the city, um, we stayed where we stayed. Um, it was like a, just a regular, you know, local hotel. Um, you know, very basic. And and right outside was the morning market. And this morning market was like where you know all the locals go and, and buy their their food for the day all the restaurants go there and buy their food so you know you walk down and there's everything you could think of right there's just there's chicken you know like dead chicken you know beef fish um crickets snakes squirrels rats like bugs weird bugs frogs like everything you could think of. one day there was a like a a, a dead um like a hunter got it um it was it's called a leopard cat it's a it's a cat it's a wild cat but it looks like a leopard it's got leopard spots it's kind of sad but yeah um, just i mean you know i told myself hey maybe this thing was you know eating the chickens or something right like it, yeah. it's it's their local thing right you know like if if you have chickens and and there's a raccoon eating it you either trap the raccoon and relocate it or you shoot it yeah. um yeah and they don't always have those means so they they, sh they shoot them um but it's it's just nature right and it's not mm -hmm. my country so i can't judge always um yeah yeah so then, then we you know blowing Prabang was amazing and then we went to vang vn real quick before you yeah. jump to this next place did you eat any of that stuff uh no like i i'm i am like less adventurous on the food stuff than i used to be yeah i've gotten sick so many times like it used to be every time i'd come to asia i would like budget budget an extra three days of just being dead on like in like the bathroom and mm -hmm. it's it's just being smarter and also like you know I, i'm a little more used to it um i i'm like eating more and more i'm finding myself eating more and more at like the gringo spots than, the safe stuff um, yeah than, oh the, uh, the that is a gringo I mean, move. I, going to mcdonald's I, in another country that's no, a gringo not, move. McDonald's, not mcdonald's <laughs> no just the nicer restaurants but i mean i still like I say that, but last night I was at, well, here there's, there's like only local restaurants. This is a, I'm in, in the corner of the world right now, mm -hmm. but, um, so, so nothing interesting recently, not even like the fried bugs where it's like, eh, yeah, it's I mean, I had, so Waldo actually in Bangkok, he bought fried crickets and we ate those. Yeah. Um, they have this cool thing. It's jumping salad. It's like a salad, and then they put um, live little tiny shrimps on top. So they're mm. like jumping around, and you eat it. They're <laughs> jumping. Um, That's wild. Um, you know, mango sticky rice, papaya mm. salad, pad thai, nasi goreng, goreng, um, nasi ayam. Like there's there's so many you know local foods that are amazing. It's um, the best just ever. like just the weird like. You know, I, I've I've seen all the snakes and, and stuff like that to eat. I just um, high chance of, of getting sick, and it's it's not worth it for me. Yeah, 
Okay. I've got, I've got, a, I've got a pretty, I've got a pretty relatively sensitive stomach, I think. So, if um, you could tell me, even though it wasn't this trip, what is the craziest or most unique thing you've ever eaten? Dog. I, I was gonna say the same. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was in Cambodia one time, and um, this is another story. It was so we were actually I was I was with some travelers the other day, and we were telling. Um, you know, like, like those moments that you'll never forget <clears throat> or those days traveling that you'll never forget. Cause traveling is, you know, there's, there's days that suck and there's moments that suck. Like you're trapped in a fucking bus or whatever. And yeah, it just sucks. Right. And then there's moments that are just like, there's moments that are, you know, regular, like, you know, you go do a hike, it's really cool and whatever. And then there's moments that are just like, you're never going to forget this moment. Um, and then, um, and this is one of them. Basically I, I was at Angkor Wat in, um, in Siem Reap, Cambodia. Um, and I had a moto and, and, um, I was cruising around and, and I kind of pulled off into this side, the side spot and there was these people fishing and they were doing that, the fishing with the net where you throw the net and it opens up and catches the fish. So it, you know, it starts off small. They, they kind of spin the net and it, it opens up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching them for a little bit and I was like, you know, I had like my wallet on me. And I was like, yeah, I think, I think these guys are cool. You know, you always got to have your street smarts, on yeah, you, you know, aware. Aware. um, so I like took my keys out, put them in my pocket, had my wallet, and I was like, Hey guys, uh, can you show me how to do that? <laughs> and they're like, Oh, yeah, gringo, cool. And uh, and then I was in the party, like, like I was a part of the family. They, they showed me how to do the, the net thing, I sucked at it. They're laughing at me, haha, you know, because I can't do it. <laughs> I caught, I finally caught a fish. It was this little stupid, like, <laughs> they're just laughing at me, like, oh. You know, it, it was like it was so cool to just be, you know, mm-hmm. welcomed Immersed. in and like be, be part of it. Yeah, and it, it was so funny and 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 that moment too. You know, they were they were cooking the the fish that they caught. They were cooking on on the fire. They actually cut out cut open a like a Pepsi can and put water in there. And boiling the fish, boiling the fish in the water on the Pepsi can, and uh, you know they had like some chili salt. They were dipping it in. They gave me some, you know, and then uh, they're like. So we're hanging out, beautiful day, and they're like, "You want to get this party started and like buy some some rice wine for like two dollars?" Like, so you want me to sponsor the party for two dollars? Like, yeah. sounds great. I will get ten of <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, like let's get yeah, let's get yeah. ten. So they like you know sponsorship, boom, let's get the party started. So now like they went and got it, you know, and uh, now we're all now they're like now they really like me, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're, so we're drinking the rice wine, hanging out, da, da, da. and like sunset's about to happen. I, I really, there was a, far, a part of um, Angkor Wat that I wanted to see before sunset. So I went there, had this like meditation moment. It was a really cool moment. I, I climbed, you're not supposed to climb the temples. I climbed on top of this temple um, and like the, the sun is setting and there's heat lightning and I'm in the rainforest jungle and, and, there's these like katydids or or something these these insects that at sunset they make this noise and it sounds like um like a bomb raid siren like the world war ii and it's all like i literally the first time i heard it i like literally thought like holy fuck there's a bomb like we're getting bombed like (laughs) and i looked at the first time i was with these little kids swimming i was swimming with these little kids this is another day and I like looked at them like, are we okay? And they're like, yeah, were well, you stupid? Like, <laughs> it's just the bugs and all the trees. Yeah, yeah this happens every day. Like, like, oh, okay. 
so anyways I'm, I'm on i'm on this temple and i'm like meditating and i'm doing like some yoga and, and the, the sun's going down and these these you know crazy animals or crazy insects are making this noise and the heat lightning and yeah and then i went back um to the party and, and you know had some more rice wine and nice. and then i was like so i was so interested in this dog thing and i'm like so what's the deal with this dog thing i was asking one of my friends that yeah. i met one of the guys and he's like yeah you, you want to go try it i'm like i don't think i'll ever get to try a dog if it not yeah. if i don't say yes right now like this could be the only moment right so I was like yes let's go boom so we went we we, we did like a moto gang to like the the restaurant the dog restaurant moto gang um yeah um like rolled in and they're like yo this gringo they're speaking their language this gringo wants to try a dog like okay boom sit him down yeah it was like it was like beef stew right so it was like a, it was like a red red broth kind of thing and uh yeah there was just pieces of meat in there and there was i think they gave me like the like the delicacy one you know because yeah. it had an eyeball in there and it had like a piece of the jaw like with the tooth oh and i i it's just like I, di I didn't like you know it wasn't one of those like finish it like drink the bowl like it wasn't one of those moments but you know mm -hmm. I, I ate a good portion of it um was it good it, it was it was interesting yeah i mean it's it was it was a dark meat so it kind of like kind of like a beefy kind of mm -hmm. kind of deal um it didn't have any i don't remember particularly like the flavor being one way or the other and i think you know there's lots of different types of dogs out there and they're um mm. you know young ones and old ones and depending on what you get um yep. fatty it might, taste, might taste different yeah i mean most of them are skinny yeah dogs. that's true but, uh, there yeah, but, um, it's, it's a shame, but it's a reality. And I wouldn't, I would never kill a dog to do it. But if it's already there, like being served, you see it being like, it's like, well, you know, it's it's just something you do out there. You try it, and it's it's not amazing, but it's also not bad. When you eat it, you're like, oh, it's not bad. It's kind of like any other animal you kill to eat. One of the things that struck me is like, energetically, it it, it just took a long time to pass. Like, it, I actually didn't um you know go to the bathroom for like two days like it, it just took like uh -huh. a long like you know a lot of a long time to, to pass through me and i, I have a pretty mm. quick metabolism and yeah you know, skinny um and and it just it, it just i remember particularly like like and i and i know and i knew like when it passed like okay that was the dog like yeah it was a very heavy you know like like energy that had like escaped my body it was, it's wow. interesting um very all right well yeah so that was that was one time in cambodia um, um but okay well, any other uh, questions we're yeah, not going yeah, in order I, here we're not going in order no, we're, I, we're, think it's, we're, I think it's going good yeah it's yeah we're jumping around we're tangenting because these tangents that was the, i thought you were just going to answer craziest thing i ate was blank but i like these tangents because that's where the best stories are you know like that that story of meeting all those people those are the times I live for in other countries too, because they're so like raw and authentic. It's not like you can't buy that, that, you know what I mean? You can buy the, the person that takes you out for the charter boat ride, but you can't buy that moment of like saying hi to the fishermen and becoming like part of the community for the night. And then right. that led you to the chance at trying something crazy. Like that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't get. And I think it makes our sport, and lifestyle so unique because we've had so many of those weird things where you're like yeah you could you could buy, go to that country but you know you're just not seeing it the same way as if you like really 
get brought in by paintball people and then you're like extroverted and positive and yeah it just brings you into really cool situations and uh it was funny that you mentioned you climbed the temple because <laughs> the first time i ever went to tulum i did that shit too and you were not supposed to but it was kind of like <laughs> when rome you know you have to like this is too yeah. i want to see what's on top of it right and the last thing before we continue to the next uh part of your story is you've mentioned motos a few times and mm -hmm. i know when you say moto you mean mopeds these are not like harleys or stuff like that it's scooters mopeds but we always all get them in other places especially asia and we generally make scooter gangs and i gotta figure out what it make like record this and make it a button on here for when people mention it but <laughs> my uh my button is gonna be did you crash that moped <laughs> and uh yeah have you have you crashed any mopeds uh, this uh no no i i've i've uh i've like i kind of grew up riding four wheelers and stuff um so i never I've been really, you know, kind of fortunate and lucky and whatever else on, on the motos and you know, knock on wood. I've always had a, a good uh, experience. There was one, this trip actually, there was one like sketchy move that I had. I saved the moto, but um, I just like, I, I was about to miss a turn um, and my wife was on the back. So she, she, oh, she saw it. She's like, she's like, Hey, left here. And I was like, Oh shit. So I slowed down. There was no one behind me. I looked, and I just, you know, I took the turn, but I took it a little wide and, and there was a patch of mud. And, uh, you know, when I hit it, like we were, and she's on the back too. So there's another, you know, 125 pounds and she's like another 125 pounds. So I, I put my foot down and, and saved it. Um, and it was oh fine. God. But like I had a, you know, like, you know, if my foot wasn't as strong or if whatever. The or if you wrong. were barefoot or something. You know. I always do shoes. I, I never, so one tip i i pretty much don't wear flip-flops anytime i'm doing anything besides just like 7-elevens there i'll wear flip-flops go there but mm -hmm. anytime i'm on an adventure i go shoes um and like you know pretty good shoes and uh, and my wife is it's a it's a joke because she always wants to be a girl in my flip-flops or like nice yeah. shoes or i'm like no like real shoes like we're in the shit you know like <laughs> we're going on adventures why that is. yeah explain why it is that important you just you're going to hike a mountain or like you never know what's going to happen actually like if you're going out for the day you're on your moto and you're going to go to this waterfall like you're probably going to do some hiking there might be a dog if they're like that's going to try to attack you you got to kick it you got to might have to save a moto you're going to be walking there might be glass in the ground there's just so many reasons that you know yeah. you, you want to be prepared especially like and if you get caught with like you know, fucking up your foot or getting injured over here—it's totally ruins your your trip, and it's you know sketchy healthcare, maybe like whatever. There's there's a lot of yeah. reasons to not get hurt. Third world conditions, yeah. possibly hours away from the nearest any type of hospital. That that whole thing—it's <laughs> it's yeah. a real deal. Countless reasons. Um, so yeah, the the mode has been good. I mean, and I've I've probably spent a lot of days on, on a moto. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some future moto adventures that I want to do. I want to <clears throat> do a full Vietnam moto trip. Um, I'd like to it, do anyways. that with you. Um, cool. Yeah. So I, if you, if you buy it in the North and then sell it in the South, you actually make a few hundred bucks. So that sounds um, great. We could pay for the, yeah, whole trip. So pay for the whole trip doing it. how long yeah. would that be? Like how many, 
it's as long as short as you want. I mean, if you want to, no, I think it's probably, I wouldn't wouldn't do it half-assed. No, I mean, if, uh, you know, if I want to do it slowly, right. And Mm -hmm. take, take my time. But I mean, if you went full, I actually don't know. I haven't done that much. Probably, it's probably like 20 hours, 20 and 20 hours. No, it's probably like 40, 50 hours, but on a moto, everything's slower, right? Yeah. Unless there's traffic, that's that's your that's your advantage on a moto when there's traffic. You've got, you're faster than cars, but other, otherwise True. you're slower than the cars. I'm trying to calculate this because if I do my rough average of hours I've driven to crashes, and this is a 50 hour trip, I'll probably crash like five times throughout <laughs> that trip. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, real deal. <laughs> I got a Buckley story that I'm not going to tell on air, but you're uh, you're getting overly burned gringo story. That reminded me of Buckley in Mexico. That specific gringo moment, I call that Buckleying it. Like when you're out on vacation and you become a straight lobster and it ruins the next several days. <laughs> Buckleying it. <laughs> but um, anyways. All right. So so I guess. Yeah, beyond that, you know, we went to Vang Vien. Um, the highlight there was was doing the um, the paragliding, or sorry, para paramotoring. So it's like you have the parachute over you. You're in the little cart with the big fan behind it. Oh, so yes. you're like you're parachuting with a with a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really really cool. Um, you know, got to see all the, the really beautiful mountains there. Um, Vang Vien's a really beautiful place. It's it's close to the capital, so it, and there's a lot of like traffic, you know, vacation traffic there. So it's a little, mm-hmm. uh, a little sketchy. I actually got some money stolen from me. Uh, I got Gringo. That's um, Gringo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So but finish, that's but finish the one story, and then we're gonna get to this Gringo. But yeah, you sent a picture in the group chat when you're doing the paragliding thing. It yeah. looked fucking sweet. And uh, did you make that extra special in a certain way? <laughs> uh, I mean, I just brought a beer. Brought a beer up and drank. Yeah. Top of, the, top of the thing, you know, a little roadie. It's the uh, best it road cool. soda ever. Yeah, it was <laughs> uh, everything. And and it was like, so my wife is always like, "What do you want for your birthday or what do you want for Christmas?" And I'm like, I don't know. I got everything I want. Like, there's nothing I, I you know, or, or I just go do it if I want. I, I want you to come with me. That's what I want. Right? I want to yeah. travel with you. Um, but this was like her her birthday present for me because because mm-hmm. I was like I'm, I want to do this. She's like, okay, I'm buying it. This is, this is your birthday present. So it was special in that way too. Um, so that was that was cool as well. Um, That's sweet. Yeah, um, and and yeah, Vegas is great. I mean, there you know the different moto spots you can go to. You know, you cruise out and there's there's a hike. There's um, different these lagoons, these blue lagoons, really cool. There's caves. We did a bunch of caves. There's a, a whole bunch of caves there, around there, um, like a bunch of cave adventures. Um, it's a really cool view of. Came into this cave, came around, and there was a hole in the top of the cave, shining down. Um, I think I posted a picture of it as well, um, onto this, and then next to it was this this Buddha um, temple statue, and. It was just really cool because if you've ever been in a cave, like, you know, there's no light. So there's really not much living there. Um, mm-hmm. Besides close to the entrance, you know, there's some, some bugs and some bats and stuff. Um, but once you really get into there, there's, there's really not much um, besides the cave monsters. Just kidding. Um, but, 
you know, seeing um, the hole in the, in the top of this cave and seeing the light come down and there was like this little oasis, you know, only on this one patch that received the light from, you know, from the heavens. And it was just such a, such a cool, like, you know, obvious thing, but, but like experiencing it and seeing it like this oasis in the middle of this cave um, was just very kind of special and, and beautiful. Um, you know, nothing like it's obviously that's going to happen, but it was, it was very magical just to experience yeah. it. Um, and the, the, another cool one was there was a, um, it's a river cave. So, um, so we went to this one place and you just sit on this inner tube, like literally a truck inner tube, you know, and it's got like the metal, the, 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 like, so you sit on the inner tube and you just, there's a rope and it, it went for probably like half a mile. Um, and we're just like in the river in a cave, right? And we got lights in our heads mm -hmm. and just like, just going to the end of this this river cave it was super cool you have to get yeah, out sometimes and, and like trudge through the, the water it's it's pretty cold there's some warmer spots colder spots because it's just a a series of different rivers within this cave you know it gets really low sometimes you're like and then it mm -hmm. turns into some big ca caverns it's really beautiful um that was a cool thing um yeah so then we went back and, and then came back to bangkok um well we before, had a, before leaving for bangkok yeah. I don't want to talk. I gotta slow you down. I'm, 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 I, I gotta catch up with you, bro. How did you allow yourself to get gringo? How'd you get robbed? It was so weird. So, we stayed at this hotel. It was a newer hotel. It was, it was like, it's a new hotel. We, you know, we read the reviews on Google. But the other good thing about traveling with a girl is, is, or a wife is like, you leave the hotel decisions to them. And my, my wife's like, pretty frugal too. So it. It's like she always picks the best and cheapest, you know, ride that line, right? And that's something you yeah. do when you travel, right? It's about your comfort level and then, you know, how much money you want to spend. We don't really – every once in a while we get a luxury hotel or something. But um, for the most part, we're getting, you know, riding the line of the best and, and cheapest um, that we can get. Um, and sometimes sometimes you go over one way or under the other way and you, you get screwed or whatever. But um, – you know, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm doing fine, you know, with money, but it's, it's more just like about, uh, the, that's the proper way to travel, right? You know, you, you do it frugally, you do it, you know, so that when, you know, a big, a big thing comes up, like paragliding that, that costs a few hundred dollars, like you, you put it on that, you know, instead mm -hmm. of staying at, at like a nicer hotel, right? Yeah. Just to um, fucking sleep. Yeah. Like you're not and I'm traveling, right I'm traveling for two months. So like, you know, I'm not saying hundred dollar night hotels. That's that's a lot of money. No way. Uh, I'm saying like you know twenty dollar night hotels, right? And that's yep. that's easy to do. I, I'm at a hostel right now, actually, and it's like eight dollars. Eight dollar um, hostel. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and it's it's really it's really nice. Um, mm -hmm. I get my like little pod. You know, I climb in at night and like, you no, know, just the only thing exposes my feet. You know, to, oh, to anybody else. So the closet great. hostel. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. They're sick. And and there's a you know, and there's a blind, so no one's gonna disturb. Um so so we stayed at this one hotel, um and you know, uh, our room was on the, the ground floor and, and the there was like a, a a a forest like right there, like a like a um a forest. Right on, on this, like right outside the, um, 
the window and I had opened the window and I was, and I was, I had to go do some things that day. I was going to exchange some money and buy, uh, buy a train ticket cause we were going to leave. <clears throat> um, and yeah, someone just come climb through the window and took, took my money. I, I had all this money from, uh, from selling my gun, um, mm-hmm. from some of the clinics that I made. And, uh, the weird part was, is, you know, they only took half the money. They took like, they did it very cleanly, you know, half the, half the bills, um, you know, my computer is still there and passports, everything's still there. They took half the bills and like, literally like if there was, I had some euros in there. So there was like 300 or 400 bills, 850 bills. They took half, 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 like exactly half of all of them. Wow. It was very weird. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, we had this. So then like when I figured it out and luckily I had like looked the next day and I got the, got the owner like, Hey, you know, come here. Like brought him in the room. Like, listen, I had fucking twice as much as this. And he's like, I don't know that you have the window open. I'm like, and so you know he had his he had his cameras we looked through his cameras we went to the police da, da, da. and then it's like you know as soon as i looked i'm like it's gone like it's there's gone. no getting there's no getting this back nope i just you know if there's some kind of redemption that that would be great but uh it's 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 just is what it is you know and if yeah. uh, i also look at it like someone that um you know is gonna it was like 1500 bucks someone that's gonna need that uh that bad to steal it they they really need it and they need it more than me yeah and uh, and i i hope it i hope it helps them so yeah uh, it, it hurt me more emotionally than it did kind of you know i'm, I'm gonna be fine right you yeah you can live without financially it. um but it, it it was kind of an emotional hit but uh that's all right I mean, we continue the adventure and honestly that was like it was in a way it was like the most respectful way someone could rob you because they yeah. didn't, they didn't want to fuck you in the way that like you're not going to be able to get home or you can't do your work on your laptop. They only took what they needed, and maybe they need a lot. Maybe they saved their mom or they just paid a year worth of rent in that country or whatever it was. But they could have very easily just took it all, and instead they went, "I'm going to leave this person enough, but I'm going to also take from them because they have more." So it's weird. I'm not saying it's right in any way. And a lot of those countries, that's like you could lose your fingers or hand for that but it could have been uh, worse for sure yeah it could have been worse yeah so uh yeah it's you know it's a learning lesson right everything in life is a learning lesson you learn and you and you grow and you you get better um everything if you treat it like that then then you know that's that's the good way to live life um Mm -hmm. so yeah then then uh you know from there moved on um let me see actually okay um so actually, the, a, a really another highlight was we took this. Um, we went back to Luang Prabang, um, and we we wanted to get back to Thailand. Um, so we took this um, this local boat. It's a two day local boat um, that goes oh. from Luang Prabang all the way up the Mekong River um, on to the border. Um, Sick. And then crossed, you know, in back into Thailand by foot, and it was just such a cool, like. I mean, it, it was just such a, you know, you think two days on a boat, like, it was not luxurious and it was not. Um, no. Easy, but it was like it was just so rewarding to kind of be there and experience it, and you know, see that we saw so many buffalo. Um, on this the is water. not a cruise boat either, by the way, is it? A local this boat, not, like 
Like, yeah, this is like. like fucking, it, it, they were car seats. They like you know from from old cars that they that like they like attached to the boat. So it was like it wasn't. I wasn't sitting on like a piece of wood. You know, it was it was. It's like a sandpan or like a catamaran or something. It was a long riverboat, long riverboat yeah. with the, the engine in the back and like loud ass old diesel engine that's just yeah. Um, and they it's funny they had an open fire behind that where they were cooking their lunch, like <laughs> an open fire in a boat. Damn. Really, really funny. Uh, I think I have pictures of that too on my. Screen. I'd like to see that. That's not. I'm only can picture. It's like those scenes in Apocalypse Now where they're going up that river through Cambodia. That's kind of what I'm picturing. You're doing like it's the yeah. heartland. You're in the jungle all around you, just in this river. For sure. I mean, there was definitely large stretches where it was just there was no villages near there, and it was just mm -hmm. like full on like you know jungle. Um, there's not a whole lot of like wild animals there and birds um, because actually Laos is a lot of people don't know this. It's the, it's the most bombed country in the world. Um, the United States particularly it bombed and used Agent Orange on it, you know, only uh, like what's this, 40, 50 years ago, um, yeah. you know, during the Vietnam War um, Terrible. because a lot of the, a lot of the Vietnam, the Viet Cong, you know, were coming into Cambodia and, and Laos and coming through to go to the south mm -hmm. and um you know that was a lot of their trails um yeah and I've also, so, so the united states like bombed the hell out of it and it i've heard a lot of those recovered you know i've heard, and I've the heard same a lot of those in Cambodia. Are, they're they're also kind of desolate from animals and you won't really see people in them because there's still like countless tens of thousands of landmines from the vietnam yeah. war just hidden everywhere that you can only you can't even find them all, so it's just kind of like uh, uh, stay where you know. That's yeah, that, there's crazy. a lot of places in in uh, northern <clears throat> northern Cambodia that are like that too, where you know like you just don't go that way because um, it's either um, Khmer Rouge is still they're still um, actually active in some places, um, you know, or there's there's landmines that are still unexploded, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, and and for sure, like I mean, I. There, there was, there was, we saw a good amount of animals in Laos, but not as many as there should have been for being like up the Mekong, like, yeah. you know, in, in bumfuck, right? Like there was this place had, has still suffering from, you know, the chemicals that, that, you know, the United States government put on the land there and totally mm -hmm. fucked, fucked over the land um, for, the sake of uh democracy right or whatever right i mean the, the for vietnam opium war. is what it was for yeah yeah and then the opium trade as well i mean the vietnam war was a very not uh supported war and everything anyways yeah. um so you see you see you see, it's it's also very interesting traveling because you you see you know firsthand the results of of you know what money and greed does um mm -hmm. and also like I remember actually being in, in, I was in Vietnam um, and I was at one of the museums. Um, it was actually the Coochie Tunnels in Vietnam in, in Ho Chi Minh City, near Ho Chi Minh City. Mm -hmm. And it was these tunnels that these people, it was, a, it was a city tunnel that these people lived in to hide from the Americans. Um, and it was like, literally they just lived in these tunnels and they, you know, they knew them perfectly because it was their tunnels. And, you know, they they would like pop up every once in a while and like kill an American soldier and 
-hmm. And like that was, um, and I remember watching this video about the tunnels when I was at this museum in this tunnel, these tunnels. Um, and, and, you know, it talked about this one girl who was like a, a hero and she was heroic because she killed like 10 American soldiers. And like, uh, you know, it, it, like, it, like my first reaction was like, that hurt my ego or it hurt me. It hurt my side. Right. Cause I was, yeah, yeah. Cause that's my side. But then, you know, just looking at their perspective and looking at, you know, it, obviously I don't want anyone to kill anyone. Right. Um, but it, it, it just was, it was a very interesting, like. It's a perspective change. Cause you're there and you, you can almost relay in that moment. Cause you're like, well, I wouldn't want people walking around like basically, you know, taking control of my city. You know, what would you do? Would you just lay down? Like maybe a lot of people would nowadays, um, yeah, yeah. Up, but you know, that's a certain time. And I think that there's a lot of people that are, they have a lot tougher resolve and they, you know, they would not just give up their land or their way of life so yeah i mean we see it, see it now right in the ukraine and in the gaza strip and everything mm -hmm. <laughs> there's there's a lot yeah there's a lot to unpack there but um yeah you know on a lighter note um this this trip was amazing um you know we met some some other people doing it as well and you know became good friends with them and um and actually you know crossed into thailand stayed in thailand um went to chang Rai, Chiang Rai for um, Christmas um, and uh, and had a great Christmas there. Stayed at, at like a uh, an expat's house who had who had like, you know, built a he's American um, that, you know, he married a tire woman and he created mm -hmm. like a, an Airbnb basically and uh, stayed with them. It was really, really cool. Um, and then let's see. From there, flew back to Bangkok um, and went to, for New Year's, we went to um, Neon. So Neon is this um, three-day music festival in, in Bangkok. And um, it's, it's like electronic music, um, which I've, I've been introduced to um, that whole scene through my good friend, Joe Barrett. I don't know if you know him. <laughs> uh, I hear he's pretty cool you know. and he, he likes electronic. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it was, it was cool. We ended, we actually just had tickets, um, for one day. And then, uh, I met some, one of my friends that I like kind of knew he wasn't a paintball friend. He was actually, um, a work related friend, a, a crypto friend. Um, and, and, uh, he was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm born and raised in Bangkok, like whatever. I'm like, oh, do you know anyone like selling extra tickets? Cause we want to go the next two days. He's like, oh yeah, I actually have two extra tickets. I'll just give them to you. I'm oh like, my God. Really? So we got, <laughs> so we got two extra tickets. Amazing. Um, so we're like, okay, we have to go the next two days. So we went the next two days, went for New Year's, um, you know, took some, took some local drugs as well. Um, that same, you know, um, get, had some, some trusted sources um, for some ecstasy and, and, uh, and had some good times. And it was really, really cool. Um, and then went, you know, went clubbing afterwards on New Year's and ended up actually catching the sunrise um actually yeah at the club it's funny actually at the club um the club is exiting at you know four or five a.m met some other random american dude and he's like oh come over i got a cool spot we can you know i got a pool rooftop pool spot like so we had a whole group of us go over to the, the rooftop pool 
Um, ended up hanging out with him for a while, and he—I'm actually meeting him tonight. He's coming here. So then I went to Malaysia. Sweet. He's actually coming here and gonna hang out with me for the next few days, and take—and I'm gonna show him how to scuba dive and stuff, because uh, he's never scuba dove. So he's kind of like, "You're the only person I've ever done this for, Joe." Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna just teach him the ropes. He's gonna still go. He's not going with me. He's going with, um, you know, the instructor. But I'm not a dive instructor. But I'm yeah. very experienced. I'm gonna give him the, the ten cent. You know, tour, mm-hmm. um, you know, show him how to do it and everything, and then he's gonna go off on his own. I'll I'll do my own dive because <clears throat> it's it's like you don't dive with some like for me to dive with him for the first time is like going skiing with him for the first time. It's like not fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, he'll be on the bunny or playing or like playing paintball with him for like it's just not. Yeah, playing paintball is a little different if you're playing like a big game or something. Yeah, it's it's like. You know, I want to go fast, and he's got to go slow, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, on the on the bunny hill. Um, so, anyways, um, yeah, we we did. Uh, so that was New Year's, and then from New Year's, let's see. I feel like I remember seeing you at some kind of like outstanding nightclub. I don't know if that was New Year's or a different time, but it seemed uh, it like you were at some a lot kind of in like... Bangkok. I went to a lot of nightclubs in Bangkok. Um, yeah. There's a lot of local friends that, that take me out there. Um, Lynn being one of them and, and some others. Um, and that is, and that's, but that's paintball related, right? Like that's because a lot of the people in paintball over in Asia are very wealthy. It's, it's quite a difference over there. If you're playing paintball, it's a luxury sport. So like, it seems like this sport brought you some pretty sweet networks over there that just hooked you up with like, you know, times out, like a night out that normally guys like me and you are not going to, not going to afford or we're like blowing way way more than we would ever want to right yeah it's, it's actually um like an interesting thing about paintball um there's two really cool points that i want to make is is one like you know we're professional athletes you know in our sport and obviously it's a very small sport um so like you know that allows us to kind of come to cambodia or thailand and like go stay at a hostel and like still have a great time without being you know like if if um you know michael uh, jordan went there michael jordan wanted to do that it wouldn't happen right yeah so so and i i honestly would not want to be you know on that level of fame or you know messi or or whatever um ronaldo like i mean you know i mean his he's got an amazing skill a totally different sport right if um so it's it's a it's a very you know unique thing in that regard and then the also other thing about um, you know, paintball is expensive, right? You know, even in the U.S. Um, so, but but when you come over to you know some of these other countries, like the people, the demographic who's playing paintball, you know, has extra income um, mm-hmm. to spend, and and so, and that ranges, right? But um, you know, middle class, like in the U.S., is 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 a much is much bigger than it is in a lot of other countries. Um, so you know, you get upper middle and and top middle is a lot of your network when you're when you're coming over to these, these countries. Um, so that means, you know, nicer dinners and, and kind of people taking you out and stuff. And, yeah. uh, it's, it, it ends up for being, a you know, a very unique experience, right. Where I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't go to the steakhouse very often, you know, um, except when we win on dynasty basically is the only time, yeah. um, in the United States. But when I'm abroad, when I go to Mexico, I'm it's every time, right. Um, so it's, it's cool, um, in that regard. So, so from Bangkok, let's see, what did I do? 
I, I actually just, I flew to KL, Kuala Lumpur, which is the capital of Malaysia. Um, I spent the night there um, because there was some friends that I haven't seen. The same, um, you know, again, like COVID, I haven't been to Asia for a long time. So there's just people that I wanted to reconnect with. So Kevin Wong um, and Nick Wong, oh, they're, they're brothers. They're awesome. Um, yeah. And then Eddie Ioff from, um, from Actioneers. I used to play on Actioneers. That was my first ever Asian team, actually. And, uh, you know, I've said this a lot, but shout out to Kevin, uh, Kevo Wong. He, he's the first person that ever brought me over here. Uh, you know, he didn't know me. He kind of heard from another person that I was kind of good at paintball and, you know, I, I wasn't pro. So there's no real, um, he had no kind of, um, you know, proof that, that I was, that I knew what I was talking about or that, you know, I could play good or, or anything like that. Right. Until you kind of prove yourself on the pro field, like, you know, it's, it's hard, right. Um, to, to believe somebody or to, to have trust in them. And, you know, he, he thought whatever he thought and he trusted me and, and brought me over for the first time. And, you know, we actually won that first tournament in, in Dubai, um, with the actioneers. Yeah. So, so, you know, just, I, I always thank him for that. Um, and, and then his brother as well, like first time ever meeting him, um, you know, we went on some crazy moto adventures, like actually, actually motorbike, motorcycle adventures. Mm. First time ever riding a motorcycle. Um, I did it in, in Pattaya. Oh my God. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. The whole Sweet. time I was like, this is awesome, but I cannot wait for this to be over. It was like a 24 yeah. hour rental. I'm like, I had a 750, uh, Yamaha, like just, yeah. Anyways, um, just too much power for me. Yeah. You could easily Especially, die. You know, <laughs> I didn't, and I didn't go up riding um, motorbikes, right? I grew up riding four wheelers, which, and snowmobiles, which is which is similar, but two wheels instead of four. Yeah. Um, so then I came to KL to visit with them for just a night, um, and then uh, then I came here to Borneo. So when I arrived in Borneo, um, which is still Malaysia, um, but there, if you look at the map, guys, you know when you see Malaysia, there's there's mainland Malaysia that's on the peninsula, and then there's uh, half of Borneo. Um, so it's Malaysia is comprised of two separate, um, you know, pieces of land. It's, it's pretty unique. Um, and, and I, um, you know, I arrived in, um, uh, what's it called? Kota Kinabaru, KK, um, uh, Malaysia. And I, I'm actually still stunned. Um, every day I get, a DM on my Instagram or a Facebook DM or something from a paintball guy. That's like, that's a local guy. That's like, Oh my God, you're in Borneo. Let me take you out for dinner or something. Right. Like, do you need any help? Like this and that. So it's really been cool. Like all the people that have reached out to me cause I'm, you know, backpacking in Borneo, like that are just, uh, you know, like happy that I'm here and oh, I hope you have a great time. And so many people. Um, so I, I had, um, you know, met up with some people and, in KK and Kota Kinabaru. And then I took uh, a flight. <laughs> it was a $17 flight. I, I bought it. I was like, I'm, I'm doing this. I have to do it. Oh, it was $17 um, from Kota Kinabaru to some other city that I can't pronounce. Um, and then I took a two hour bus. I, actually, then I, it was, I actually didn't sleep that night. I didn't sleep. I took the flight at 6 a.m. Got to see Mount Kinabaru, which is the tallest mountain in South in, in Asia, I think, or Southeast, sorry, Southeastern Asia. Um, got to see it from the airplane, really cool. 
landed, um, went to the orangutan sanctuary, got to see the orangutans, hang out with them. They were, they were doing their feedings. Um, also went to, there's a sun bear sanctuary right next to there. So sun oh, bear is a, sun is a type bears. of bear. Yeah. Sick. There's sun, there's sun bear and moon bears. Um, and they're the smallest bear. Mm -hmm. Um, but so, you know, went to those sanctuaries, um, got to kind of experience that. Um, and then got picked up by the bus and went to this, um, this river, um, I can't, I can't pronounce it. Keta Bata Bang or something. Um, Keta Bata Bang. It's, it's like, it's like multiple syllables. I, I'm not even giving enough syllables right now. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, you know, I had like a, a two day um, rainforest, it, you know, experience where every morning, multiple times a day, we'd go into the rainforest or we'd take the, the boat up the river and, uh, you know, I saw so many different monkeys, saw four different types of monkeys, um, orangutan in the wild, proboscis monkey, which is the one with the long nose. I just posted a picture of it, a video of it on my IG. Um, macaque, macaque monkeys, which there's actually two types. There's long tail and short tail macaques, and they can interbreed. And then this other, um, it's a silver low something, L-O-U-N or something, um, which, can, which can interbreed with the proboscis monkey um so saw like all these monkeys saw a bunch of crocodiles saltwater crocs that had come up from the river uh, from the ocean um, yeah a bunch of egrets um kingfisher which is this beautiful bird and really really cool moment um i was walking so <laughs> we went trekking with the guide and and um i had met this family amazing they they've got four kids these two this mother and father they've got four kids and they're bringing them around asia and like these kids are you know hilarious and they're like it was like one and a half six eight and twelve or something so you know we were playing games with them and, and i you know I, I was i was hanging out with them a lot they're really cute um so you know but it, it we went for a trekking thing and you know kids they can't keep quiet or they're like constantly doing stuff. So I, it wasn't like a real trekking yeah. adventure for me, but it was still cool because I was hanging out with them. But um, mm -hmm. so we got back and I'm like, I, I'm going to go by myself for it. And I know they're not going to allow me to do it. So I'm going to just do it and not tell anyone. So I went out by myself and uh, I went through and like, you know, there's there's some stuff in the rainforest, right? So mm -hmm. there's snakes and, and centipedes and spiders and um, fucking, you know, Tigers, maybe. <laughs> yeah, shit like yeah, that. Some shit. And, and crocodiles. So I, you know, I, I was very aware, right? When you do something like this, I had a thing, and and it was really muddy too. So I was also aware of like you know any kind of mud traps. Um, and I and I came out I came out in the sunny spot with a with like a little little canal river thing, and and I'm just standing there for a little bit, and because I'm in the sun, the mosquitoes were going away, which was cool. So I was, I was enjoying that because they were just fucking on me the whole time because mm. it's the rainforest. So I was staying there for a bit. It was in the sun and, and there was no mosquitoes. Uh, and, I, and I just saw these like, like a, I was there for like a half hour and I just saw these bubbles come around. I'm like, what the heck is that? It was all these lines of bubbles. What the heck is that? And then all at the same time, like six or seven otters pop their head up out of the water and they're like Sick. playing around for a minute. And I'm like, I just froze. And I, it was one of those moments like, do I try and get a picture of it or do I just enjoy it? Cause just I know it's it. not going to last. I'm like, 
I'm just going to enjoy this. So I yeah. just froze. It lasted like five, 10 seconds. And they all saw me and they were like, and just <laughs> peace out. But one of them didn't like hear the call because he went, he went underwater or something. Mm-hmm. So then he came back up and was like, where'd everybody go? And then saw me and then like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. That is sweet, dude. That's a hell of a story. Uh, yeah. Man, those are like the, the exact ones I'm really looking for. Like, holy shit super memorable moments and uh yeah that that's a moment that that's like you know not i'm not gonna forget right mm-hmm. um so then i so then i took a a bus two hours um actually no sorry it was like four or five hours um from that place to where i'm at now um so, some of that people um that's okay. so so now i'm uh it was, and I was cool. I was the only gringo on the bus. It was really cool. Um, the only guy, um, very, very local bus. Do and, they speak um, English there? Or is it a little too You know, you find, you find like one or two guys that can say a few words and you kind of just there. figure it out. Like, like, uh, Samporna is the name. So you just keep repeating the name. Samporna, Samporna. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 How many hour, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two minutes. Like, I don't think it's two minutes. I think you're saying the wrong word. It's probably yeah. two hours. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so then ended up here, and, and uh, here I'm now. I went diving a few times, and I'll probably dive tomorrow as well. And uh, oh, from cool. here, from here, like I said, going to Brunei. Um, and I think I'm gonna try to explore. Like, Brunei is small, so I think I can explore the whole the whole country and like a day um or that's you know not 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 thoroughly well it's not not thoroughly but i'm gonna try to i think i want to take a bus from brunei back out to malaysia uh, and then cross by foot because it's mm-hmm. crossing borders by foot is like one of the coolest experiences you'll ever have and it's and i remember every single time i've done it and it's it's always a really just like it's just so di- it's so much different than flying in mm-hmm. it's it's just way more memorable and way more you just see it and, and it's just really cool. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm going to try and do that again. And then uh, I think I'll fly back to um, either Phuket or, um, or Bangkok. I'm going to do another clinic um, and then, and then come back for, for practice in, in uh, first in San Diego. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have any of my gear with me. I don't have any gear with me. So I've told already um, dynasty, like guys, just so you know, I'm going to show up for practice, but, uh, I'm gonna need to borrow some gear. And yeah. they're like, all right, we got you. We got you. Yeah. So my, I'll, be, my couple, I'll be rocking. My you know, rocking out Alex Frazy pants. I was Alex Frazy pants that are that are too small for me. And yeah, you know. what what are you what are you actually traveling with right now? Give give the breakdown of not you don't have to aim every item, but what do you how do you travel like this? So this is this is the way to travel, and I will take with me this with me to the grave. I have. Um, a big bag, right, with all my clothes. It's only basically clothes and, you know, nothing really important, you know, that happens. Like, if anything happens to it, it's it's clothes and, you know, nothing. Is it my my flip flops are in there, kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that actually backpack. is. Um, he's saying he's saying backpack. Now, by big bag, this is not a roller bag or a duffel. Yeah, it's a big backpack. Yeah, so it's either a hiking bag, like a like a you know EM, EMS or high Sierra um, backpack. I actually. Like like hiking bag, I actually use um, the the Pro DNA 
um, field bag, the waterproof one. It's, it's not waterproof, but it's it's only not waterproof right where the zippers meet. That's the only place it's not waterproof. So if you submerge mm -hmm. it, it will get wet in there. But yesterday I was in the rain walking through like all good. Boop, boop, boop. Mm -hmm. And that bag I've now had for two years um, and particularly is is like my favorite bag. It opens up really big. You can fit a lot of stuff in it. That's I, the best. I brought, I, in fact, coming here, I, I carried on all my gear. So I brought all my gear minus my gun. I saw, I, I shipped my gun to Ferdy. He brought it for me. Um, all my, all my gear and all my clothes and I fucking stuffed it in there and it was literally could not fit another sock in there. Um, it was totally full. Um, and, and that bag is, is awesome. So, yeah. and, and it's like, it's a great investment. If you're thinking of a bag, um, it's comparable to the, um, like some of the other really expensive, like hiking bags, but it's, it's like half the price. Um, and it's, you're supporting paintball as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I was there when on infamous when, when we made them. Yeah. Um, and so I got one of the first ones and it's, it's just meaningful. That, that bag is awesome. Um, I don't know if you can link it or something, but it's just the, it's the field bag, right? There's the field. Yeah. What's it called? The infamous I forget the name of it, Pro but DNA. it is sweet. We get it. Shout out infamous shot pro DNA. What else? And then, and then I have, um, just a regular backpack. I actually use Osprey, um, like a small, a small backpack, mm -hmm. um, that I put on the front. Yep. And that, that has, that has my computer, my passport, everything important, right? So if I go Wallet, to phone or go to a hostel or, or whatever or any place, right? My big bag comes off and it can, you know, it can stay behind the the desk, right? Or stay, hey, can I leave this bag here kind of thing, right? Or I can check it in somewhere, whatever. Um, and then, you know, the 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 main bag with the valuables, that's always with me, right? So that's a good tip. that's that is that is like in, I'll take this to the grave, that's the best way to do it. Um, mm -hmm. because you're net, like, again, if someone steals my bag with my clothes in it, it's kind of even a cool adventure, right? Like, oh, now I got to go buy some clothes. I'm like, it's like, Look it's not local. a big deal, yeah. right? Yeah, it's not like, I wouldn't want to lose this shirt, but if it happens, whatever, you know, it happens, right? Yeah. You know, pass, passport, that's a different story, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's a way, way different story. So that's how um, I always roll. And I've actually recently been, um, I've got a fanny pack now that's got like, that I've got um, my passport in and stuff. So I actually have this on too, like during the day when I'm walking around, if I trust where I'm at, yeah. um, I'll leave my, leave, leave my backpack, like my laptop here and stuff. Um, and I'll just kind of have this, this fanny pack. I had a, um, I had a hormesis one, but uh, at the event at TXBL, I like people bought everything from me. Like literally I sold everything. Everything you're wearing, yeah. Except for, I'm like, I'm keeping at least, I have two, uh, three Hormesis shirts. I'm like, I'm keeping these, yeah. everything else I'm selling. Um, so I had a Hormesis um, thing, but I had to get this random one. Yeah, um, gotta have a fanny pack. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, now people can kind of understand how you should travel because you don't want to be rolling a bag or carrying heavy shit and you should be minimum. Yeah. And I was going to ask this as like one of my couple questions in the end anyways, but is there anything aside from the two bags that you always travel with like a, either a few things that you probably have them with you now. I don't mean like laptop and like, oh, I need to travel this because work, but these are like pro travel tips, you know, like a, a poncho, 
or something like that that you can put on over your bags while you walk uh shoes and sandals so you have one of each i mean what yeah so all right here's here's the here's the pack um so in my in my main bag i have always 10 underwear 10 socks 10 pairs of underwear 10 pairs of socks one of those socks is a long pair of socks um and all the underwear like athletic underwear um depending where i'm going it's like three to four pairs of shorts and then 10 shirts always 10 shirts um and that's what that's what's packed so then i really have 11 because i'm um when i'm flying somewhere i have the 11th um underwear socks whatever um and then you know again depending where i'm going it's it's usually just one pair of pants like one pair of good pants mm -hmm. like like jeans that you can go to a restaurant in somewhere or nice yeah. or not jeans but like i actually don't wear jeans um joggers khakis like, whatever yeah um and then sometimes i i have then sweatpants i don't right now um yeah, because i'm in asia, asia. <laughs> um but a hoodie always a then, hoodie because airplanes are fucking cold so you have to yeah have so i i actually cracked the code right now um i have this it's it's awesome um it's not a hoodie it, it's a hoodie shape right um but it's actually made of like thick athletic shirt like you know like ah. like your athletic athletic shirt moisture wicking um, or whatever it's so it's you know if you're in the winter it's not going to be sweet but it helps with you know it's thick enough that you know if it's kind of cold it's it's good enough mm -hmm. um and it's it's a dynasty one and bfp gear makes it sweet um, so it's probably and so, spf and protects you in sun yeah and it's like it's the best um it's the best for the paintball field because it's it's actually like breathable it's like it's like wearing a shirt but it's a hoodie mm -hmm. Um, an, an athletic shirt. Tight. So, and we got we got two of them this year. We got like a blue one and a and a black one. And I'm, I really like the black one, so I always have that with me. And it's it's like soft, so I can I use it last night, like when I was sleeping under my Hello. head, like really nice. Yeah. Um, so ten, ten, ten. Um, <sighs> you know, computer, phone, chargers, um, toothpaste. I one thing I do is I ran out um but i i always take the big tooth the tube of toothpaste and i like just inject it i like butt them together you know take my big tube and my small tube and i like butt them together and i squeeze it and then like fill my my small tube up trails so I, don't, so I don't have to have like um i actually just bought toothpaste today because i ran out but um and i always do it non-fluorided non-fluorided toothpaste that's important mm -hmm. um do you, you travel know, with whatever. a lighter? Um, I actually do have a lighter. I don't. I usually, always do too. And I, I don't usually. Um, I got my brute sunscreen. This stuff is great. Yeah. Um, I have like a pen marker. I got some Palo Santos. So that the only reason I have the lighter is because I have some Palo Santos. Yeah. And it's a small piece of it. So, you know, I quick trip tip of mine and. I don't know if you do this, but I always keep a lighter anyways. I'm not a smoker at all, but sometimes having a lighter can help you make a friend or get a favor done if you need it because you run into that person who's like, they need a lighter. Like they're about to light a cigarette. They don't have one. Boom. It's the friendly conversation starter to the begin with because you're alone in that area. So I generally always have a lighter in my athletic bag or the fanny pack or whatever. And also, it's a good emergency tool. Like sometimes you need that if you're out and about in like the the wilderness or the camping type thing, you might need it to like burn through something or to keep warm or whatever it is. Just kind of good to have a lighter on you. 
Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And don't make it like a particularly, you know, one that you love because it yeah. could it could get taken away at any random airport. One thing I do always travel with is this Jade Buddha. Mm. Um, I bought this. Traveler. I bought this in uh, Ho Chi Minh City, um, and I've just had it for like ten years, and I just Long always time. have it with me. So whatever. Um, yeah, bag buddy. And uh, it's that's not like efficient, but I do it because yeah, yeah. I can. Uh, yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, I got my vitamins. Um, one thing I did this time is um, I brought like all these microfactor, um, first form microfactors, because they have like a lot of vitamins, and they also have greens and reds in there. Because <clears throat> when you're when you're in these um, all these countries, like if you're eating a lot of local food, it's it's hard to get kind of all the all the nutrients, and especially like you don't really want to be eating like salads uncooked salads a lot especially if you're you're out here because you know it's it's just got um different bacteria on that you're not used to it's not good it's not bad it's just different right and that you know you might not be used to so um i i always have like a either like a green tablet like either green powder or green tablet you can buy those green tablets um but this time i have um the the micro factor um, from first form. So this stuff is awesome. It also very has, smart. Yeah, keeping has, your nutrition up while you're there. Yeah, it also has pro, it also has probiotics, um, EFA, which is the um, the oils, CoQ10, and then multi multivitamin. Um, so this whole pack, it's, I take one of these every day, which it's not like a not the smallest thing to carry around, but it's you know it's health related. I, I do it. Yeah, um, keeps you feeling good. You want to feel good if you're going to be up I, all day adventuring. I got another cool one that I've been. Um, this is microdosing of, of shrooms. Yeah. Like and this type of microdosing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been taking this every day too, and I feel just like just more happy. It's weird because I'm super happy. Yeah. Anyways, but Mood uh, so these guys, Nimbus, make a really, a really nice pill. Um, what is it, Amanita or something? No, it's it's psilocybin. No fucking way. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, is a so company I, that makes actual psilocybin microdose pills. Yeah, they're awesome. You're gonna have to send and me that got, link after. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's got other, um, like you know, Lion's Mane and stuff in there too. Yeah, um, yeah. Chaga, the the normal ones for mood boost, but this is like Lion's a full. Man, so if you eat ginger. a bunch of those, it would be more than a microdose. Yeah, like you could potentially today. You could probably try. Uh, probably, yeah. If you took like ten of them, so yeah, yeah. It's probably they, they do. They do make chocolates as well um, that are really good. Okay, uh, so. I'm gonna ask you about this later. That's super cool. And also, you know, this is something I knew I'd be doing on my show, and hopefully, we're breaking down the walls of taboo out there. Um, if y'all don't know, a lot of successful people and athletes and everything microdose and take things like psilocybin because this shit is helpful <laughs> like the government doesn't make this illegal because it's bad it makes it illegal because it would help people do a lot better and not be sheep stuck in you know the the assembly line that is reality um it saved my life i know it's done a lot of wonders for your life it's countless people around me 
and people at Google use it in think tanks. So yeah, give it a try. Let go of your bullshit. If you're taking prescription drugs, that's worse than any type of psychedelic. Um, so that's all we have to really say about that. But uh, something else I was going to ask, I, you always are very prepared in what you bring with you. Um, I guess go ahead and finish if you have something to say. Well, just you can, you can, anyone can hit me up for this link. Um, this oh, guy's, sweet. I know him personally. He's a good guy. And, um, you know, he, he makes good products and he's a small company. So, you know, yeah. we're helping him out. And uh, he's, he's hooked me up. So I, I always try and tell people, like, yeah, I, I do this one. Uh, that's a good one. That's um, cool. And, I, and his chocolates are great too. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I know one of those guys as well, like makes the most professional, perfectly dosed microdose chocolate bars. They look like Hershey bars in the individual mm -hmm. squares. And yeah, if anybody needs to try this, if you're anxious or depressed and you want to like try to help yourself, I'll talk with you. I'll help you through it. You know what I mean? But get at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, I, one of my, one of my really good friends, actually, he, he's, um, I mean, he had cancer as a kid and he's now got one leg and one lung. They, they had to chop him off. Uh, and so you can imagine like the type of anxiety he has and, you know, he went through chemo and, and um, you know, I, he's told me before, like about the only time, like he doesn't feel anxious, like, cause his body's always on high alert. Like he literally imagine having one, like, like picture mm -hmm. that and then one long only. Right. And then oh. having, going through chemo, right. Um, as a kid. Um, so he's told me like the only time he ever feels, uh, you know, not high alert high anxiety is is when he um is microdosing or, or taking or macrodosing um so i like i specifically gave him gave him a whole bunch to um you know to help him out and he, he is very thankful of that as well sure feels better well that's very cool you um, i i know too many yeah. people who have been prescribed by their bullshit doctors some xanax or benzodiazepines yeah. and and uh you know, I know people who have died from those things. So, yeah, yeah it, because of anxiety, that's what you're given by the people that are supposed to know. But anyways, we could I could talk about that one for hours. Um, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, thanks for doing something really cool for someone. And uh, yeah, we're down to do it for more people, of course. But um, the next thing I was going to ask you was, you know, beyond the stuff that you always bring. Are you a guy where is there something that you always get in every country or spot? Not like a keychain, not with them, but like, is there a thing that you always, you're like, fuck, I got to get that. Well, I, I talked about those, yeah. like the, this, this nose breather, you know, in Thailand specifically. Yeah. And then that cough medicine in Thailand, I always get that. And then always in Malaysia, I get that, those, that stomach pill. Um, Anything else as far as like, like the, the it's mostly like, med it's or... mostly like, I'm, I'm really interested in like, you know, ancient medicines and herbs and things like that, mm -hmm. that, you know, can like like this stuff right like like an ancient mushroom right that's been around yeah. in fact the the stoned ape theory if you know about it like they yep. there's a theory that one of the reasons humans brains developed is because they started eating mushrooms and started to like see the world in a different way and started mm -hmm. to like develop paintings and and um anyways and, and you know in language but anyway so so kind of these ancient medicines and and things that I'm more interested in that, like I was talking today to a, um, a Chinese herbalist right downtown about bird's nest, which is, is this thing that a lot of people take in China. Um, and it's literally sparrow bird um, nest that they make from their saliva. And it, um, you know, it opens up um, circulation. So 
a lot of women take it for like it, it makes the skin smoother and stuff. Um, I this is this is what he told me. I, I I can't say you know personally that I that I know, but this is the what they say. Um, and uh, and he said it, he he told me that he he's a runner. I was talking to him today, and that he took it and he noticed a slight difference in his ability to run because it opens up your um, your circulation right, so he can go further. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was asking about that. Um, so things like that. I mean, I, I'm more interested in like the local, you know, crater is another, another cool one that, that grows here. Um, the crater yeah. plant. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm more interested in kind of the local stuff. Um, you know, in terms of that, I never, I never buy like a fridge magnet everywhere I go or like, no. a, you know, I'm starting more to this time. I bought a bunch of presents. There's actually a present for you, um, that I bought and I sent it all home. Yeah. Yes. Cool. So, yeah. I do and I, and I, I bought a whole box of stuff and I and I stuffed it full and I sent it home for yeah. you know, my mom and my dad, and my aunt and stuff like that. We were just at the market. And I was like, it's Christmas. Uh, it's cheap. Um, and But something that yeah, I took just, from you back in the day, I don't know if you do it anymore, but like I always saw you would buy like the super cool but dirt cheap swag from the areas and a lot because it was these different textiles that are meant to breathe in those regions. Like if it's a really hot, humid, muggy area, you don't wear cotton. So I would see you with these really nice, like light flowy shirts. And then I started doing it. Every time I'm in a country, I get a new shirt or a button down or. I know um, you do. That's Yeah. Pleasure. I just. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, but, I, uh, I, I have so many clothes. Like yeah. I don't, I don't buy clothes anymore. I like this and paintball are free. Cup. This is the last yeah. shirt I got, and I got the cup. You know, like I know, I, I get it. And, and yeah, and for paintball, right? Like I, everything's free. You know, we all get unlimited clothes, basically, right? especially the pro. <laughs> we much. get Hermes's clothes, which are really cool clothes. You know, like mm-hmm. I've got a whole bunch of Pro DNA clothes too, and like that's all just, my wardrobe I, is those two brands. My entire <laughs> closet. <laughs> right. So like I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really buy uh, clothes if I need something, but. No, I don't. I don't buy anything. Um, it's more about the experience. I mean, I, yeah. I, and I don't want to carry anything either. I, like, I'm very, True. very. It's not even about carrying. It's just about like the packing and the unpack and like having this like another thing on me. Like, I'm traveling for two months. I don't yep. want stuff. You know, I, yep. I, I bought stuff and I sent it home. In the mail, it's expensive, but I, but I did. Well, well, well answered. Is there anything that you always do? in each trip like each new country when i'm here i gotta do the you know like for me i i'm always going to look for the very best beer from the local brewery i do like to try whatever the local delicacy is and now that you've gotten me into it the last several times i've went anywhere i'm going to scuba dive that spot you know so is do you have that thing yeah i mean i I, you know, every kind of country has its own local beer, right? So that's always cool. And it's usually basically like a Corona or a Bud Light. Like the local mm-hmm. beer is usually like not particularly great. You know, it's like it's okay. the, the, lo- the local Bud Light or the local Corona. Yeah. Um, it's not like a amazing IPA or something. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I, I mean, I yeah, the same thing. I, you know, local cuisine, I, I really do enjoy local cuisine at, yeah, anywhere I go. Um, I, I'm a big eater. Um, yep. 
and and yeah scuba diving if, if it's a particularly good spot to to view nature in whatever capacity whether that's under the water or over the water I, i'm a big nature guy so yeah i always you know i'm not like bangkok is great i had a great time there i'm i was like ready to get out of there because i want to go mm-hmm. see nature that's why i'm in borneo right borneo is actually really one of known for its biodiversity and being a massively um you know great place for nature to view nature the proboscis yeah. monkey is the only mon- it's the only it's the only place on earth you can see this monkey right so That's i mean i was and i was really close to it just having those experiences those otters like you know the like that that to me is just experiencing the nature um yesterday too i was floating with this big big ass green turtle like just sitting there he was like hanging out and i was hanging out we just looking at each other i was 100 feet under the water yeah just like looking at this thing like man that's cool that those moments are are much they're they're the moments and and those they're yeah i don't buy things i buy experiences right and yeah i was gonna say that, I that, know. that goes for me at home too like when i'm at yeah. home i don't have i have like a very basic car not much stuff um, other than paintball stuff not much yeah if you took away my paintball stuff I, mean, fit yeah, in your I, got car. Some, I got some i got some rock climbing gear and some camping gear and like like a frisbee and like yeah whatever else i got some tools i mean i i do like to to work and, and do fix car i particularly work on cars a lot well i know you you're not materialistic and yeah. and i also i know you can party like we've partied you know music festivals and all that but cities aren't really what calls you you know it's nature Mm -hmm. and and uh it was cool to like kind of live vicariously through your stories in this trip because i could see you were more on that like okay i'm gonna go places where i mean you have to do your computer work but the bulk of your time two-day river tours there's no internet there's no signal and uh you're just fully disconnecting from that other part of your life which is so entangled in society it's it's bitcoin it's being in the computer it's being on a paintball field and having to like you know talk to a lot of other players and fans and do you find that this is like kind of your you know your healing or like like mandatory for you like that disconnect like you know what is this Uh, yeah absolutely like every every year i do this trip right i I do this december to usually february early end of early december to end of january like two month trip you know whether it's south america asia whatever else um and i i for the past lot of years i've skipped christmas and um again i you know my my nephew is getting older now until he until he can start remembering i'm gonna keep skipping it yeah um but you could see him any other day it's just a hallmark holiday you know you could see him another day and make that his christmas but what's what's actually great about christmas is like between christmas the few you know the week before and like and like you know, the week, the week after New Year's is like nobody fucking works anyways. So that's really when I can do like my, cause I, I run a company, right? I like, I'm a, I'm a founder of a company as well and a pretty, a pretty, you know, good one in, in, in web three in my world in blockchain and crypto. We have a pretty big network and, and, um, you know, branding and everything. Um, so it's, it's, to be gone for 10 days is like pretty tough, right? Um, so this is like, you know, during this time, like I've, I've done, you know, some of my longer like 
you know, disconnecting things. Um, I can, we'll, we'll do a segment on all those ones, the Christmas yeah. adventures maybe. Um, but sure. yeah, let, my next one that I want to do, um, and that I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed I didn't get to do it this trip. Um, so it's called the Pasana. Um, it's a 10 day silent meditation. Um, and there's actually, um, there's centers all around the world and, and it's free. Um, it's donation based. Um, and it's 10 days. Um, you go to these centers and, and you, um, you do this meditation, um, and you have a, you have a coach and you can only talk to that, um, instructor. Um, and everyone I've talked to, every single person I've talked to has said it's like the best thing they've ever done. And also the hardest thing they've ever done. Um, so this is like one of my next, um, you know, like things that I want to do, uh, in my life. You know, I've, I've done a lot of things. <clears throat> I think getting into this is, is, uh, very cool. Um, so it's not going to happen this trip, but, um, um, and, and anyone, it's open to anyone. So if anyone's interested in it, it's, uh, dhamma.org, D-A-M-M-A.org. Uh, you can find places all around um, the world and, uh, and go and, you know, on these retreats and, um, you know, come out of it, hopefully a better person. I can't speak from experience, but I'm, exp I'm translating from everyone that's, that's told me about them. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Um, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, very think, uh, cool. Dude, I'm super happy for yeah. you that you got to, you know, do all of this. Uh, I know it's healing. It's nice. It's mental health shit to do what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I had, I had one more good question for you. I know you're in a midday and I don't want to keep you on a computer when you're, yeah, we're and in also two hours. It's, it's two 30 here. Uh, oh, so and you. I still have work tomorrow morning, so I got to go too. But, uh, I, you know, I've been waiting to tell you this story because we haven't like phone called. I knew it'd be fun. So, dude, I got to tell you, I got gringoed recently. Fucking bad. <laughs> and I've told people but I was like, only Harrison's going to appreciate this as much. And it's been years since it's happened to me. So let me tell you how I got fucking gringoed. So, you know, we went to MXL, Puerto Vallarta, and we won the tournament. It was fucking sweet. I helped uh, TJ Bastards win the series title. Uh, nice. You know, I don't need to talk all about that, but you know, go up to Sayulita to enjoy my two days after, and I'm on a high. You know, like you got that winner's vibe. I know you know it. Things happen for you. Stuff works out real smooth and easy. People can sense that you're a winner, right? So I walk into Sayulita off the chicken bus, like <laughs> you know, like like the motherfucking man, kind of cocky, smiling. Just get, I'm gonna spend the money I made winning and selling jerseys and stuff like that. Uh, doing what I want and maybe not stay in the $8 hostel. I'm coming down the street and these guys stop me. And they're like, hey, hey, uh, free game up here, right? And like, There's always people handing out the postcards. But the one is like, yeah, free in that downtown. For the game in that downtown, right? And I grab it. I'm like, what's this? And he's like, oh, two free plays of this game up ahead. And I'm like, what's the catch? So he's like, it's just two free plays. If you don't want to play, you can walk away. I'm like, all right, show me the game. We walk over to this game. And this is for everyone to be aware of. Be aware of this fucking game, dude. And if you've never seen this, I've never seen this in seven years going to Mexico. I've never seen this fucking one. But I go up to this game and I'm like, all right, guys, what's the game? And there's a bunch of people behind, behind the different game boards. There's like four of them under two tents. Other random people are playing like middle-aged, older people. I'm the only guy my age playing it. It's this game where it's like a square 
board with a hundred half holes in it. Each hole is labeled one through six and you have eight dice, but instead of dice, they're marbles, right? So you shake them and you roll them and the eight balls or marbles will sink halfway and drop into eight different holes. And you count the numbers like, you know, one, three, four, 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 six, three, whatever. And you add it up and you don't get that number. Each number is equivalent to a different number that are written in this rectangular border around the board, right? And there's these bunch of really good, charismatic, fast-talking Mexican dudes running the game, like super smooth, acting like they're your friend, right? So I roll the first time, right? I have two free rolls. And the game is all you have to do is add up to over 100. So I roll the first one, and my number calculates, and that number is to like 50. All right, I got 50 of 100. Roll the next one, and it gives me two free rolls. So I roll... (laughs) one more and it gives me nothing and then another one and it gives me another 15 so i'm at 65 out of 100 i'm like all right well i haven't done anything and he's like hey remember all you have to do is get over 100 and you win all these prizes there's tvs whatever and if you don't want tvs and whatever the the lowest prize is like 500 bucks and i'm like okay (laughs) well how how much is it to continue and he's like the next bet's five uh five bucks how many pesos is five bucks so i'm like all right, sure. I just want a bunch of money. I just made a bunch of money this event. I'm like, fuck it, dude. I'm feeling good. I'm like, how? Hundred pesos. I'm like, tell me, buddy, what's the catch here? If all I got to do is make it over a hundred uh, in numbers, if I just keep rolling and rolling and rolling, eventually I'm gonna get over that. I'm already at 65. And he's like, that's it. Most people just give up before they make it there. I'm like, there's no, there's no way to lose this. And he's like, the only way to lose is if you walk away. I'm like, fuck it. So five bucks. Sounds like sounds like Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Five bucks, dude. I thinking back, I was so fucking mad how stupid I was this. Five bucks. I roll. I get another of the it's this certain number that kept hitting over and over. And it's like it it gives you double only this one, gives you two free rolls. And if you win, the prize doubles, right? But if you lose, the next bet doubles. So I roll it, I lose. I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh, the prize would have been $1,000 there, but now he's like, so I'm like, now the bet's 10 bucks. And he's like, yeah, it's just 10 bucks for the next bet, 200 pesos. I'm like, done. At this point, I'm only $15. I roll it. And for the next however many turns, I keep getting either double roll, and then the double rolls would either give me nothing or they'd give me free roll, like a single free roll, or I would get this double bonus roll that would double the fucking prize, but also double the bet. So $10 goes to 20, 20 goes to 40, 40 goes to 80, 80 goes to 160. I'm at like 90 fucking points. I'm 10 points away. And the purse at this point is like 80,000 pesos. It's like, (laughs) it is no joke. The the, the bet, I'm like, if I can just hit a fucking 10 pointer, I'm going to make like, two grand or something like at this point i'm in the thousands two or three grand and so i'm like fuck it i guess whatever and uh, i i roll again and it gives me the fucking double up thing the double bonus so now if i if i bonus again i'm gonna fucking make a ton of money but if i lose the next bet is three hundred and twenty dollars and as soon as I hit past $50, he's like, okay, now I have to like 
take your card and like charge you so that if you lose they didn't tear when it was 50 10 5 10 20 bucks whatever, but past 50 they're like we got to charge you for each of these bets or else you know we can get nothing if you walk away right and i'm like you know what this is too much i told myself when i was walking over i was going to play two bets in my head i was like you know what if i go above 100 150 i don't I'm not going to go above it if i lose it i can walk away that's what i could afford to lose right now i just made a bunch of money fuck it out I'll, I'll play with 100 150 bucks i don't want to lose 300 something dollars right now that's like the hotel that I was going to get and all the lobster in the world. And he's like, come on, man, you're so close. You're so close, dude. And I'm like, I'm good, dude. I'm ready to cut my loss. And then he's like, how about this? How about this? You win the money and you get the flat screen TV. I'm like, that, I, don't, I don't need that, dude. And he's like, how about this? You get two more rolls because I would only get one more roll with this bet. And they just know all these things to suck you in, right? I'm like, all right, two more rolls. I got to get a five or a 10. I think I'm at 95 points, by the way, almost at 100. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. For two rolls, not one, whatever. So I roll again, $320. The first one does the fucking thing, right? He's like, it's okay. It's okay. You get another free roll and you get, you know, even more prize. So I roll again. The next one gives me nothing, a single free roll. And I'm like, I'm getting mad. Now I'm getting mad at this dude because I'm like watching how quickly he counts and swipes them away. I've already been telling him, stop swiping away so fast. Let me count too. I've been counting and he's right. He's fast at counting, but he's not faking the numbers. The problem was he faked the numbers in those very first two rolls to get me to 50, 65. Mm. Everything that's done has been accurate. And so eventually I'm like, I roll the last one and I'm like, I'm done. And he, I'm, I, I'm not, I just lost 320 bucks. I'm fucking walking away, bro. And he's like, you're so close, bro. Nobody gets to 95. And I'm like, dude, I get it, but I'm done. I should have walked away. And he's like doing everything he can to keep you there. Right. Like he goes, listen, listen, listen. I was like, dude, I just want to enjoy the beach today. I've already lost a half hour of beach time doing this stupid fucking game. And the guy behind him opens up a backpack full of money, like American dollars and pesos and like bricks. He's like, people really win, bro. That's why I have all this money. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to the beach. And he's like, I'll tell you what. And he writes down my score. And he's like, you come back later this evening. I'll still have your score. You can resume where you are, bro. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. I walk away, leave. Go get a beer, sit on the beach. Before I can go in, I'm like, what the fuck just happened, dude? That, I never get gringo this guy, dude. What happened? I Google the best I can for this game. I Google game with eight marbles gambling game. And it brings up, dude, it go it goes Razzle. You could Google this and we're done with this. Razzle, a common known scam invented in Cuban casinos. It yeah. isn't a game, it's an actual scam. There's zero way to fucking win this. And it tells me everything he did. It's like they give you sweet numbers off the back, and then after that, no comment. 95% of your rolls will keep hitting this double up roll to keep you enticed because you're thinking you're going to make so much. And the reason nobody ever hits it is most people blow their limit like they, they gamble through their entire credit card allowance before they could get that last five or 10 points. So it's possible. It's like 0.1% possible to win, but you just can't afford to make it there. You would spend more to get there than you would win. So now I'm livid. I'm like, I want to go back and fucking beat the shit out of these guys because I I should call them out and like tell everybody else who's up there at the moment like this is a scam. Don't keep playing. This is a scam because if you didn't know this game, 
you would think, ah, oh, it's a, it's gambling, but there's a way to win this gamble, but it's a fucking scam. And so you beat up three bucks and sat there all day on my first beach day in Sayulia to like, God fucking damn it, dude. <laughs> I just got to go. Harrison would be crying, laughing at me right now on this fucking beach. I, I just sat there drinking beer, looking at the sunset. No, I wouldn't have let you do it. I would have been like, Joe, no, we're not fucking doing it. Yeah, dude. All right, so, quick before we go, this reminds me of another story please. where Greg and I, Greg Karostic, and his wife, and me and Lilia, my wife, we're, we're in Paris, and it's all these um, gypsies. This sounds like a gypsy game, by the way, what you just described. Yeah, yeah, they're it playing is. They this travel. like They're playing this, like, uh, the cup game, like the fucking – the ball into the cup game, like, and they're putting down like 20 bucks and they're winning like 40 and they're like putting that and like, we're watching them like, it's fucking easy. Like, and, and we just, we're watching for like 20 seconds. Like, like, I know oh, it's that cup, you know? And, uh, man, it was like so quick. I like throw down like 20 bucks, lose, put down another, like in like, and the whole time, like literally both, our wives are like grabbing our arms, like stop it, stop it, and we're like, no, we're men. We know you're what we're addicted. Doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in like, in like, fifteen seconds, we both lost like a hundred bucks each. And we're just like, wait, what? and then they like, they like packed, they like packed up and like ran off. And we're like, what just happened? And they're both of our girls are looking at us like, you fucking idiots. And we're like, ah. Ah. women are smart <laughs> yeah that's so funny when i got back from the beach back up into that town area to eat it was gone so they just scam the area for an hour or two and then they hop in their yeah. their big van and they leave and they go scam the next area so i learned a valuable lesson of that day is winner's mentality is dangerous because when you win and you think oh you just you feel like you're the man you're gonna do everything that day like i could i could talk to whoever i want i could do this you think when I stepped up there, I'm like, I'm so lucky. The way I just won this tournament in overtime, I'm going to fucking win this game. Like, I thought there's no way I was going to lose, right? So I kind of played myself. It was the worst. They saw me coming down the street, and they're like, there's the target. American guy looking like he thinks he's a winner, and I got gringoed hard. So that's pretty much the story. The last thing I was going to ask you real quick, because this is an important segment that I always want to hit, is – you know, something that I've learned when we travel is you get to learn a lot about the world, the place you're in, culture, people. But every single time I've traveled, I've realized I get to learn about myself, too. You know, there's always some self-discovery in it. So let's just say this trip you're on. Did you get to learn anything new about yourself? I think I'm still actually in that process right now. I'm like in a transitional period where... Um, my wife went back uh, home and I'm now traveling alone. And that was just in the past uh, like five to seven days. I forget when she left. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like a, uh, it's like a transitional, like going from like uh, dual travel to solo is, is always different. Um, and, you know, and, and they're both good. They both have their advantages and disadvantages for sure. Um, so, you know, and, and you, you, you're right. You learn so much about yourself traveling, like, you know, what your tendencies are and, and, and you know, when you're scared and not and mm -hmm. when you're brave and not and, and like just, just all these things. And um, 
this trip, um, you know, has been really, really fun and really like packed with action and, and adventure um, and, and fun. And um, it's 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 really <clears throat> um, it makes the low times like seem way lower because you know like today I, I didn't do much i actually was working most of the day and now i'm talking to you and, mm -hmm. um and it was kind of like a low day and and um you know i didn't like go scuba diving or hike a mountain or like fucking go to a waterfall or something crazy cool you know yeah or, or see proboscis monkey so like um it's it's just about like having you know evenness during that time because you know and it could be just extrapolated out in life where, you know, there's good times and bad times in life and there's, there's busy times and there's boring times and fun times. And, um, you know, I guess it's not one like thing that I learned, but it's, it's just more experience on it. And, um, and, and, uh, you know, kind of learning better ways and more tools to, to uh to get over when you called me this morning i was i had just gotten off like an hour long meditation um which is you know just a tool um to 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 help yourself or or you know a lot of most people find it's, it's helpful um to do meditations so yeah um the one i was doing particularly was called uh uh apasana a-p-a-s-a-n-a -A -A. mm -hmm. um um, I, I would um, encourage anyone to take a look at it. Um, yeah, it's it's really just focusing on your breath and, and breathing. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. But um, yeah, uh, so I, I guess I hope that kind of answered your question. It wasn't very specific, but no, no, it's it's good. I mean, I I like to. This is like the deep part of travel. That it's the most important part to me. Is like what do you learn about yourself? Like, what do you gravitate towards naturally when, when there's no one else to hide behind? Like when you're home, you have all those things that you always do. So you're like, I know how to entertain myself. And when you're out there, especially by yourself, you're like, what is it I actually want to do? And that's, that's where you really learn who you are. Like if you're more introverted or extroverted and, and I guess the other like part B to that question would be like, do you ever use travel to work on anything? like like you use it kind of as practice to you know like i i use it a lot to practice social skills because you can invent the you that you want to be out in different worlds and uh it's made me a lot who i am when i started traveling internationally so do you ever like consciously do things like that like work on fears or faults or weaknesses when you travel Hmm. I don't know if I particularly like consciously do that. I mean, I, I try to journal more when I when I travel. Um, I try to like you know take those low times, like when you're on a bus or a plane or whatever, to do reflection and and you know like this time I, I was trying to do um, the ten day um, silent meditation. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that one. Um, I think I think like. Uh, it's it's really interesting to travel like as frugally as possible. It it's it just makes for a better adventure. Like like when you're backpacking and like you can take the the luxury hotel or you can take the the hostel. Like it really makes it more 
fun because when you're at a luxury hotel and you try to talk to somebody and make friends, you're a weirdo, right? And when you're at a hostel, you're you're just a regular dude and you're you're hanging out and you're a fun looking guy. True. Um, so, so that's true. why I always gravitate towards hostels and, and things, especially when alone. Like, you know, you just meet inter other interesting people and you know you learn so much from them um practical mm -hmm. things and impractical things um you connect I, I met these two chinese girls two days ago and and i was like teach me about china like i want to learn more about that and, and maybe travel there and, and learn more um so and i can speak like a little chinese so i was improving that and then um oh and then languages actually is a big one like at this this time particularly like my thai got way better i mean I, i'm still kindergarten level or worse but um i'm quite the ling linguistic I, I i would say to say i mean i speak yeah. four languages um english spanish fluently um when i russian and german are, are you know quite conversational well my my german is conversational my russian is more basic <clears throat> um and then you know like um thai a little bit of malay um some chinese um you know like I can understand Italian, some French, like whatever else. But I, I really enjoy like learning languages. I just think it's so practical when you're when you're traveling and like it's just a challenge. It's such a it's such a like learning Thai, for example, is it's such a challenge. But when you like can get it, and when you can like form a sentence and like go to the store and like like I can order food, like you know I know mm -hmm. I know how to say pig, pork, egg, fish, like all those things. Can I have this? How much does it cost? Like, you know, do you like it? I like it. Like, you know, I, I'm going to go here. Like, ask, like, it's just so cool to, like, yeah, <laughs> just be able to talk to, like, grandma over there, you know, like, in her own language. And I, I don't know. I, I just, I find that particularly fascinating. Um, mm. and, and you get such a, like, you, you can learn so much more about the culture when you have some, you know, even just some basic words, because you can pick up things and, um, you know, reading signs helps. Like I can, yeah. Anyways, it, it, that's that's a good one, I think. Language. That's, it, it's particularly also like what I, it's particularly also when I go to South America, I get really excited because I know I'm going to be leveling up my Spanish, you know, 1% mm -hmm. or 5%, whatever that is. Every time I go, I, I learn more words and, and more. Uh, everything, even though, like, you know, I'm, I'm quite fluent at it, I, you know, there's there's just words and things I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm very conversational. Um, so, and I, I really think, like, language is such a such an important facet of life. Um, and particularly, like, such an amazing gift you can give somebody is, is to teach them the language, uh, which is why, if, if I ever do have kids, I plan to um, actually, only speak Spanish um, to my child. If I if I did have a, have a child, which is still that'd be cool. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's my that would be my plan. And, and to my um, my nephew, I I only speak Spanish to him. I, I don't think it's gonna stick. I don't see him enough, but um, but we'll see. You'll, and, you'll yeah, have a kid someday. Yeah, you'll speak Spanish. Yeah. Lily, will speak Russian. The kid will be unbelievably smart way earlier than we all, you know develop quicker but yeah that is cool that's i like that you said that because you know i i uh felt like i was always out there looking for ways to like work on uh um 
like character traits and I see you out there working on like these like life skill accolades, like, oh, I'm here, I may as well learn the language. And that is, that's something that you're, you know, that's what I see you trying to, to do to like build into yourself. And yeah, it's fucking sweet. It's very interesting. Cool. Thank you. Uh, is this on, does Paintball uh, Passport have an Instagram? And it does. Okay, cool. It's right, just Paintball Passport. <laughs> cool. I love it. I love the name. I love, uh, love all that. And I think let's next time, let's get into actually like how using Paintball as a tool can get you um, into these places. Because, you know, it's easy to look back now and say like, oh yeah, like like for me, like, oh, I got a clinic in Borneo this this weekend like that was very easy to make right mm -hmm. but when i you know before i was on pro teams and stuff like that was a very difficult thing for me to do and and took a lot of networking and, and putting my own dime out there and my first time to mexico i paid for everything right and i've now yeah. i've been for the past six years invited back every single event right and getting mm -hmm. paid to go just because the first time i went i paid for everything we won i played good and and now literally that that one time investment has paid for you know six maybe even seven years of of going to mexico five times a year right yep. and getting paid for it right so you know putting yourself we, we'll get into that um, yeah but that's, i think that's a, that'd be a really good topic and and i think i think like particularly you and myself and like you know, can really speak on that because we yeah. were not, we did not have the, the silver spoon of, of, you know, getting on a pro team really early and, yep. and having, you know, that clout and everything. I mean, it was a lot of grinding. Mm -hmm. Those are episodes that are coming. That is, there's cool. a lot of tension behind this podcast. You know, one is to share people's favorite travel stories. One is to like catch up with current events when people just went to, a new place, you know, Columbia, their first time I'm calling them. And then the other thing, you know, I wasn't going to sign you up for a new project without your permission, but a lot of times I call you, your travel hacks, tips and advice aren't just going to be for that place or for the travel itself. But me and you were going to discuss, um, you know, we're trying to inspire other paintballers to hopefully pursue pro ball to get this life that we live, but we also want to help them do it. So we're going to like basically share all, and give like the way that we got started, how we got there. And uh, we're even, I'm going to be a network. Like I'm going to tell people, DM the, the past paintball passport page and maybe I can connect you. You know, maybe I know a team that's like, yeah, you want to bring a D3 player with you as the pro? Because we've done that too. We've brought the Todd Boyers yeah. and the random people with us. So this, this whole project is, it's another way that I've been thinking about giving back. And uh, we're going to get more people out there in the world playing these fucking sweet bucket list events and uh, having stories like the ones you just shared. Yeah, I love that. I, I'm actually really proud of um, what I did with the Droogs, the Frankfurt Droogs. Um, when I got on the team uh, four or five years ago, uh, maybe three or four years ago, um, <clears throat> I was speaking to the owner and he's like, hey, you know, we can have like, I don't care, I'll help manage, you know, infinite teams. There's not sponsorship, but you know, we can have more teams. And I just made a few posts like anybody that wants to come play in Europe, if you suck, if you're D D10 or if you're, if you're pro, like 
approach me and we'll get you, we'll place you on a team. And it really evolved into like a big, a big family. We had like six or seven teams over there and a lot, and most of them were, you know, Americans coming over and the first time ever playing in Europe, you know, like was, was, I'm very proud and like, and like, you know, I mean, the team wasn't, we didn't win a whole lot of events and stuff, but just to, to be able to give those opportunities, like, you know, to, to people that had no network and no ability yes. to, you know, maybe they had financial ability, but no like networking ability to go over and, and like play a tournament with a German team. Like that's fucking cool. Right. I remember and my first time that. going to Europe was, was, uh, I took a lot of networking, you know? Yeah. Oh, I remember when you did that and that was, that was very just cool and genuine to be like, Hey, reach out. We'll figure it out and just get you out there. And half of them were people that you didn't even know. You know what I mean? They were just people where it's like, oh, it's another paintballer. So I know that they're part of my community and, and doing stuff like that. Like, you know, shout out to Marcelo and Tyler for like making a community with the the PTG thing and the goat club. It's so great to make community, but like, I really liked that when you did that, it was like, you didn't make a community. You just bridged parts of the community that are all far away from each other together. And I feel like that's kind of what I want to do with this is like paintball is a big sport, but it's also small. It's small enough that you can meet almost everybody in it. And then it's big enough that you can use those networks to be like, well, now I know so-and-so. So when I go over there, if I can't afford the hotels, at least I can couch surf in Berlin or Australia or whatever. And we've done all that too. Like this has done so much for, giving us an easier way to travel and see the world and making it affordable and possible. And I feel like we can make this like, not once again, not make it, but we can, we can be the bridge that connects all the people in our sweet sport community and kind of makes them all realize like, okay, cool. We're all on the same page. Like, yep. Any one of you, any one of you thousands of people, you have a free pass at my couch. You know what I mean? Like come see our country, come try this event. So, yeah, that's the uh, that's the intention. Yeah, I always thought I, I have thought about that before, like having a like an international calendar, international event calendar where people can like post up like I want to play this, and then you know here's my ranking, and then like a team saying you know we need a guy, you know it's not sponsored. But here's the price, you know like everyone's you know chipping in or whatever, or maybe it is sponsored. Uh, I always thought of like making some kind of calendar. If you, Pretty, I think it'd be pretty simple. If you want to but, do uh, it, let's do it. Because yeah. I keep thinking about the same thing, like making a forum where people can post and see people that are like, I want to play this event. And then other teams go, oh, well, we only have six. We could use seven, you know? So if you want to kind of do that project, I'd be about that. I guess I'll say right here, as weird as this is, if anybody else thinks that's a sweet idea, when this goes up, then comment it. Like, let us know if that'd be something yeah. that you divisional players would be sweet and we'll try to figure out a way to make something that can make this easier. Yeah, and if you have any tech knowledge um, that can help us build that, or if you're willing to volunteer Please. time on like, on like you know, um, aggregating dates together and like and like managing, um, uh, you know, dates and, and and events and shit. That's that's where the, that's where a lot of it comes in, but can be super rewarding. But yeah, uh, let's uh, let's stop here, dude. I, it's yep. <laughs> almost three hours in. Yeah, uh, I gotta get some food. <laughs> I have only eaten breakfast today, um, okay. and it's now nighttime. So Sweet. Well, uh, oh man. Well, go enjoy the beautiful night in uh, whatever epic 
particular strip of area you're in. I hope you have a great time. I look forward to uh, seeing when you get back. Uh, probably playing against you in Vegas. Uh, but fuck yeah, dude. Much love. Thanks for uh, coming on and sharing some stories. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a good outlet, and uh, I'll be I'll be on again for sure. I, oh, yeah. There's plenty, there's plenty to talk about. Yep. All right, cool. All right. Peace. Later.